And when he has his room on Tuesday, what, what time Tuesday relative to this room we're in now? 8, 8 p.m. Eastern. So that would be three. Uh, no, that would be eight, nine hours after but, this room right now. So okay. Tyler, that I think would be in the morning for you. Yeah. Feel free to just park on stage. Okay. And then J- Justin, but, if you if yeah. you really can't get him on, there is a there is a way to bridge it across to Zoom, so he can come on Zoom, and I'll I'll pin a tweet that shows how to do that. I know it works. Yes, and by the way, Ben, you were not in the room when Dan was singing your praises and thanking you for helping him do exactly that, and it worked, and he was kept thanking you despite the fact you were not there to hear it <laughs> oh yeah sorry i couldn't make it but i'll pin the tweet now i just i just figured out how to do it uh, but certainly on a mac um it's very relatively simple so i'll pin the tweet and if it's any use it's always a backup plan so good luck cool, cool. very cool so um <laughs> good morning, I, ben. It, it's 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 actually very important to support what justin's doing because he has this ge- being based in dc uh, both geographically and professionally, and inviting in members of Congress into Clubhouse, that could have become a snowball um, and have a domino effect where he's going to continue to invite in members of Congress into Clubhouse uh, as he's going to have a guest on Tuesday. But the more people who attend that uh, event on Tuesday, uh, that the number of people who attended will have a big influence on the, the invite that he sends to the next person to join. And if he's able to say, hey, I had a thousand people there, that will make a very uh, big difference in the number of people that will accept it, the invitation. So, it, yeah. And the goal is to get up and up and up and like right. have like AOC and Charles Schumer. And exactly. then that will give the app itself like coverage in the New York Times. Huge game changer. Yeah. Begin to do buzz. And just to really put a fine data point on this, Tyler. You and Call sent over all of your followers for an event with Congressman Bruce Westerman. There were 30 people in the room. I DM'd you. You did the plug. We got over 200 people in that room. And as a result of that, just to show that this isn't bullshit, folks, um, I reached out to his communications director, a GOP member of Congress, very, very conservative. So that's great if you like that flavor of politics. And they're going to come on again to my show just because of the basically the audience size that Tyler and Cal uh, cultivated. So this is not uh, just, you know, sales pitches, folks. This is Tyler being maybe one of the most influential uh, people on Clubhouse in kind of directing um, the content that gets seen no, no, by people no, maybe Justin, in a way that let, Clubhouse should be doing. Let me correct you, my friend. It's, it's the fact that tech news is not like any other normal community in Clubhouse. It's we are we hang out in in the UFO room. We were all there last night. We got 250 people in there, and we hang together. And when one of us needs something, we're going to be there. And it's you know, it's more. I realized today, every time we meet in here, Cal and everyone on stage, you've probably noticed this. And I just figured out something today. Every time we meet in here, it's a little bit different. Sometimes it's a little. It gets a little crazy. Sometimes it gets a little rowdy. Sometimes it gets very sentimental. Sometimes it gets to hear it. Sometimes it goes there. Every time's different. Like you can't predict how this is going to end two hours from now, starting right now. And the reason you can't predict it is because every single person is an ingredient that's being mixed into making a cake. And every person changes the cake. Because, you know, if you try to make the cake the same every time, okay, that's fine. 
but by changing one ingredient, even by a little bit, it actually changes the outcome of the cake. So it can get sweeter or saltier or, you know, richer or creamier or, you know, it, it's different every time based on who's on stage and and the topic. So it's it's that's the what I'm realizing is, you know, you add a little bit of Michael next time, you know, you get a little bit of it doesn't take a whole lot of Greg for the thing to get really, you know, this way. And then you get a little bit of uh, Justin and it goes this way and it goes, you know what I'm saying? So, and, and I brought up Simon this time because Simon hangs out in the audience, but um, Simon's company uh, just had a, a new launch of their kind of new, you know, re the product got to a whole new level yesterday. You want to say a word about it? What, what, what you guys are doing is super cool. Hey, Tyler. Thank you for inviting me on stage. Hey, everyone. I've been a super fan of this room, just listening every day. And so thank you for the opportunity. So yes, my name is Simon Lau. I'm the VP of product at Otter.ai. Otter.ai gives you the superpower of remembering more and typing less. So yesterday, so it's day old news. My apologies. So yesterday, we launched a new major upgrade to Otter. It's called Otter Assistant for Zoom. So if you run late or you're a busy professional that have to join multiple meetings, no worries. Auto Assistant can join your Zoom meetings and transcribe it for you. That's, if I had um, had then, that in college, oh, holy shit. That would have been amazing. You just leave your... Yeah. Uh, you know, Tyler, that's the so one that's sweet. embedded in Club Deck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now Club Deck, by the way, has integrated it. By the way... I don't know if that was my recommendation or not. That might have been yes, one of the. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, maybe. Yes, well, it I, was. I helped connect you guys, anyways. But uh, Club Deck is adding everything now. It's got uh, the statistics. It's got transcription. And today, the new features that just came out. Holy shit! <clears throat> if you're a mod, it, this is like an absolute game changer. It's totally unfair. I can now see the follower counts of everybody in the entire room in all at once. So I can see, oh, somebody with 3,000 followers just walked in the room or 10,000 followers. Let's put them on stage so that their 10,000 followers get notified. Un totally unfair. That is unfair. Like, like Clubhub. Yes, Clubhub has the data, but Clubhub's data is actually used. You can integrate it directly into Club Deck as well. So the, Marvin just not in this But room. effectively, you don't use that for content, though. We, yeah. we, don't, we don't look at followers to bring people on. Right. Some other no, no, but what it does is when also when people are raising their hands, it does. It is one of the things that you look at their bio and the number of followers they have and how long they've been on and who invited them in. Because well, look here, yeah, look at this. This person, Kyle, just raised their hand with one point three thousand followers and made me. Oh, I'm going to look at the bio. OK, bio looks good. Who invited them? in? Looks great. They have an upcoming event called Good Technology Index. Oh, that's easy. No brainer. Go ahead. I, for sure, they're not going to be a spammer. And welcome, Kyle Grant. Mining Bitcoin. That's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's super cool. Anyway, let's let's dive into the news because... Keep going, our, Tyler. Uh, hey, real good thing. Hey, Tyler. Hey, I hear Monica. Welcome back. Just one second. I need 10 seconds. I am going to do a shameless plug because I am bringing in Simon next week on Saturday to talk about productivity hacks for product managers. So anybody who's interested in using otter.ai and making their life a lot better should please dial into that particular room. Thank you. You're welcome. And by the way, if you're not, Ben, what are you doing hanging in the audience, bro? Um, 
you've Monica, if you don't know already, you must be new here because Monica is one of the superstars who joins us every day. And it's just a whiz bang in all matters of fintech and anything happening in India for that matter. So, and hosts fantastic conversations. Uh, I can't recommend enough, but that's true of pretty much everybody on the whole stage at this point. So I, 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 they wouldn't be on stage if I didn't think they were worth following. So, I mean, I, we could go through everyone, but you'll, they'll, they'll make their, their own case as we go through the news articles. Everyone's got their own expertise and backgrounds. And, um, you know, let's jump into it. Like I was saying, um, our friend uh, Michelle at Facebook sent me a DM, which I was like, oh, this, she doesn't, she doesn't normally send me stuff. So I'm like, I wonder what she's sending. And it turns out to be, I will tweet it you can, so you, that you can see it. In fact, I just did tweet it from the Tech News Around the World Twitter account, which is at T-N-A-T-W. And what it is, is um, I got to find it myself now. I need a third tab open so I can find my own tweets. Here we go. There it is. So Facebook just launched what they call Live Shopping Fridays where uh, introducing your new favorite way to shop live, live shopping Fridays. And there's an image of a lady selling makeup uh, with her iPhone on a tripod. And as she holds up the makeup, there's little buttons where you can buy the makeup by just clicking on the buttons right from her Facebook page as she's selling them live, just as people have been doing in Asia. Uh, And just as I've been saying, we'll be coming to America any day now for about, I don't know, six weeks. And you, you, uh, you predicted this two and a half weeks ago when the China article came out. Well, even before that, um, I've been saying this social commerce thing that's really popular in Asia um, pretty much since the show started two months ago um, because it's, it's been. Yeah. But uh, and I haven't been repeating it every day like I was a month ago. But here it is. It's now live. And you can Facebook is now going to pilot this. Uh, check out the article. It says, what if you could see this season's latest trends modeled in real time, ask questions about how they fit, select your size and buy, all from the comfort of your home. Live shopping on Facebook combines the fun of live video with the convenience of online shopping. And this summer, we're bringing some of the biggest brands together for a showcase of products, tips and demos and more through what they call Live Shopping Fridays. And this is precisely... As you will see, if you look at the blog post that I just tweeted from TNATW, it is exactly precisely what I said is coming. And what here's what's interesting about the timing of this is Google also uh, today did a blog post about their social shopping on the same day. What are the odds of that? And Michelle even says in, in our DMs, um, F, that F8 will be very exciting, she thinks. And by the way, F8 is Facebook's. Uh, oh, she said. So she she says uh, she loves the timing of how Google simultaneously today also, which I'm going to tweet right now, so that you can compare them side by side. Facebook's social shopping, live shopping, and Google's now live shopping blog post both came out at the say on the same day. What are the odds of that? I've been predicting both of these for about two months now very consistently, like almost daily for two months. And what's interesting is Google just had their annual live event and we did a live stream about it here. Uh, That was what's called Google I.O. It was on May 18th. uh, So two days ago, 
Facebook's big annual event is June 2nd. So 12 days from now. And Michelle says in my DMs that this event, the flagship Facebook event called F8, will be very exciting. Uh, as she sends me this social shopping thing. So you, what that means is uh, they're definitely going to be talking about this new social shopping thing at F8. Um, in fact, I bet it will be the, the, the biggest thing that they talk about. Um, and she's definitely looking forward to it. There is definitely more to come. Uh, so we will do a live streaming room here, just like we did with the Google live event, which was a lot of fun, by the way, I got to say. And that, that, by the way, that went for, uh, we did tech news around the world and went immediately into the Google IO event together. It went on for six hours and, uh, just, I'm looking forward to F8 already. And then after F8, which is Facebook's big event, just five days after that is Apple's big annual flagship event called WWDC. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, And this is their biggest event they do each year. In fact, it goes on for a week just to give you an idea of how big this event is. And it is now, uh, somebody did, a journalist reported yesterday that they spend $50 million producing this event. Just to give you an idea how big this event is. And it's where they make all kinds of super hot announcements. And it's where it is expected. In fact, we know because, you know, we do our homework here at Tech News Around the World that they're going to be talking and announcing and releasing the biggest announcement that they've had in over a decade. Uh, And which you can find out if you just uh, stay tuned for the next uh, hour or two, because no doubt we will reference it later today so as we do every day um but i just want to welcome everybody and if it's your first time what we do we're going to go over all of the tech news from all over the world geographically and professionally we'll cover politics tech with justin and green tech with with dan and ai with sid and ben and dave and john francois and then we do med tech with uh, uh, hisam and dr Dinesh and john and others and then we do crypto tech and blockchain tech with amay and ben and donna we do fintech with Monica and James, and we do China tech and India tech and Africa tech and VR tech, and it's just a lot of fun, as you will soon see. So let's jump into it. Who would like to go first? Not, not, not all at once, everybody. Akil, I can't. <laughs> Akil, everyone's being too nice today. Tada, I can go first because go, Monica. I had to pop out for a meeting in fifteen minutes. So okay, go, go ahead, Monica. Uh, WhatsApp has uh, said that majority of its Indian users have actually accepted the privacy update. Um, this oh. is in response to the letter that uh, yesterday and yep. what made the news which we discussed. Yep. Now, interestingly enough, I've also tagged you in yep. uh, to yep. a story on Twitter which actually says that the Indian government had shot off a letter to WhatsApp in January and they are actually waiting for Mark Zuckerberg to reply back to them. Yes. So, so, so please get, yeah, yeah. We, we've been following this story for three days now. Please give the backstory for everybody who might not know the full story. So basically WhatsApp changed their privacy policy, right? And um, they're telling their, their own users, hey, if you don't like this new privacy policy, well, you, you know, we can't force you to accept it. But what we can do is we're slowly going to remove all the features of WhatsApp so you won't be able to message your friends anymore and you won't be able to call anybody anymore. We're not going to delete the app off your phone, but we're just going to not make it not as useful for you anymore if you don't accept these new terms and conditions, right? 
And then India says, oh, hell no, you can't do that. And if you if you're going to force our Indian citizens to accept this, well, we're going to kick you out of India. Essentially, which would be a huge problem for WhatsApp and Facebook, because that's a billion plus people who who are one of some of the world's biggest users of that app. And that app has very big plans for India in the not so distant future, which might involve uh, a, a wallet and payment. So you, you can imagine that WhatsApp doesn't want to risk this standoff between India and this privacy policy. So read the update again now that everyone's got the full context. What, what's the, that, was, that was the news as of like 12 hours ago when we met last time. What's the latest news, Monica, again? Uh, WhatsApp is now... Yes, so WhatsApp says that majority of the Indian users have actually accepted the new privacy update, mm-hmm. uh, which basically says that WhatsApp, uh, that they will be sharing their data to WhatsApp. Uh-huh. And um, the Indian government has had short of that letter yesterday, which stated that they've short of a second letter waiting for WhatsApp to actually take back the privacy policy because it is in violation of its own data privacy laws that are coming up, plus other countries, uh, including in Europe, uh, WhatsApp has adopted a much uh, easier policy on the users without deleting their accounts. Um, but but the best part about this article is the last line which says that the strength central government in India is actually waiting for Mark Zuckerberg to reply back to them to a letter that was shot to the, shot off to him in January. Okay, so let's let me make an announcement, dear dear Mr. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, the country of India is patiently waiting for your reply. Uh, please uh, respond as soon as you can. Uh, thank you very much from the country of India. <laughs> so let's see. Maybe he just does. missed it. You know, he's so he's so busy. He it's probably somewhere in in the, the in, stuck yeah. underneath in the, the inbox. Yeah, it's in, the well, inbox. just just beneath Nigeria, somewhere between Nigeria and Saudi Arabia <laughs> in his in his email stack there. But but is Zuck directly responsible for what's happened in India? No, that's why it's a little comical <laughs> that India is like, uh, we actually, we want Mark to respond personally, uh, preferably by a handwritten letter with blue ink, if that would be suitable. Like, like you, you know, he, that would that would be in the top of, like, that would like somehow appear on the top of a to-do list, right? But no, not for Zuckerberg. But you know what's funny? I, I Doing the conferences that I do, I often have some very high senior people from different governments that speak at my events. And it always blows my mind how they have this very rigid protocols for how I have to invite them. Like it has to be on this particular type of paperweight with this, but it has to have gold foil embossed logo. And I mean, they just make me jump through all these ridiculous hoops to even send them an invitation to speak at the event. I'm like, no, the invitation is I just sent you a text message. Do you want to speak at the event? That's the invitation. No, no, it's got to be this formal thing and registered. <laughs> yeah, it's like, holy Jesus, I got to sign it with blood and, you know, it's like crazy. Tyler, if we go back to WhatsApp for a minute, um, uh-huh. I'm, based in, I'm based between France and Switzerland and I've received like probably most of us this message on, on WhatsApp that says that I need to accept the new the new regulation or the new the right. new consent for my data to be shared. And I'm running that little experiment with my sister who's based out of Kenya. And uh, we've received this, this alert uh, on a daily basis for about two months. We've not accepted it and nothing has changed. Right. So is that for real? Yeah. I, well, according to India, you're not going to need to accept it. And everyone who did accept it 
didn't need to because India is kind of forcing uh, WhatsApp to back down and say your your new privacy policy is not yeah. not in, in accordance with your own policies. That's what Monica just read. Yeah, but I'm so, not in India. So I'm UK based, and I can oh, sorry. tell you they've already started doing that. Yeah, so Germany Germany is going through it, the yeah. same thing at the moment. Okay. Yeah, they've already started reducing right? access to the app in the UK. They've started to delete stuff on your app in the UK? Not deleting, but they've stopped functionality, so you can't download external links. Um, ah, and okay. some of the notifications are slow to come through or don't come through at all. Here's an okay. interesting question. Do we see a mass rollback because so many governments are pushing back? Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like one, Well, here's the problem. If India does what it says it's going to do, and I believe they will because they've got the clout because they got a billion people. Estonia, Facebook would be like, yeah, whatever, Estonia. Of India, you don't go tell India to screw itself because <laughs> that's like you're you're asking for trouble. That's just too big of a market, right? I mean, that's billions and billions and billions of dollars. So they they can't tell India to go, you know, you know what, uh, like they could do a very small country. So when India does this, then every country knows, ah, okay, if you push Facebook hard enough, they'll back down. And so the, the India will make them back down, which they're in the process of now doing, it sounds like. And then Germany will do the same and Germany will hold tight and be like, yep, we saw what you did with India. You're going to back down with us too. And then it's just, they have, they'll have to essentially... You know, step back on this new privacy policy. That's my makes guess. sense. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. they've already backed down once because they initially gave people, I think it was thirty days notice, and a lot of people kicked up a fuss, so they extended it. So I think if you push hard enough, Facebook will back down. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Cool, but okay. thank, thank you for sharing, Monica. Can I do one from Singapore? Go ahead, Cheryl. Okay, um, uh, DBS, uh, Singapore Stock Exchange, Tenchart, Tomasek Holding will form a joint venture for Carbon Credits Exchange Marketplace. So, um, so this uh, marketplace will be called Climate Impact X6, CIX for short. Uh, and CIX aims to be a global exchange and marketplace for high-quality carbon credits by leveraging satellite monitoring, machine learning, and blockchain technology. So with an initial focus on natural climate solutions, the carbon credits will also uh, create impetus to address another grave risk of biodiversity loss and help serve local communities. That's the news. Thank you. Uh, CIX will build on collective action by global governments, uh, corporates and individuals to achieve a net zero economy. Cool. Dan is not here yet, but... uh... Very cool. So um, let me look through my my stack here. What I've got is the top news of the day in the tech sphere globally is that ByteDance, which is the maker of TikTok, uh, an app you might have heard of, <clears throat> the co-founder says he is stepping down as CEO to daydream about what may be possible, is his quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. He's going to go day- daydream for a bit. And then we talked about this in the, in our previous session about seven hours ago uh, in the other time zone, which you can find our schedule because we meet twice a day. But if, to find our schedule, just click on the title of this room where you'll see our schedule and our Twitter account, which you should definitely follow. Because as we do the news, we tweet out the links of the articles we're talking about, and um, which is fun. And you can also send us news by simply 
uh, including our Twitter account on any article that you find, and we will um, re retweet it to our fa very fast-growing uh, followers. We're almost up to a thousand followers, and it, we've only been doing it this way for a little over a week. So um, the other interesting thing is we on weekends we'll start doing the the Twitter uh, Twitter Spaces, which is basically Clubhouse, but on Twitter. Now that our account has a thousand Twitter followers. We'll try tech news around the world in in Twitter Spaces because they just today added. Here's kind of news: um, the ability to have multiple moderators in one room. Because the reason we weren't really able to do anything over there is because you could only have one moderator. Uh, but now you can have multiple moderators, and you can invite speakers from across Twitter to join the room. And they're adding new features and continue to copy Clubhouse and uh, improve it. And there's less lag. Blah blah blah. So we'll try it again on Saturday. That's another good reason to follow the Twitter account. But do follow the Tech News Club and look at all the upcoming events because in two hours from now, um, if you click on it, like I'm going to do right now, to just to take a pause and see what's coming up. In two hours from now, we are going to shift over to the AI news with Ben and Sahir and Jean-Francois and Sid and Dave, most of whom are on stage and brilliant folks in the AI space. And then we have tech news around the world tomorrow. And then after tomorrow, we have the, the Meta Metaverse AR VR news with Victoria and Michael, which that's a repeated regular one that people love. And then when the debut of Monica and James from MasterCard are going to do fintech and payments news around the world, which will be fantastic. And then they've, we've got Bitcoin news with Ben and... Uh, we have blockchain, blockchain with uh, Amay, and it's a lot of fun. So do follow the club because there's um, all kinds of fun deep. Well, we call them deep dive rooms because in here we we don't have endless hours to dig, dive into some of these headlines. We can only spend, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes on some of these headlines. But when we do the deep dive rooms, that's where we can go deep as long as it, as long as we need to get the whole conversation going. So that's a great reason to follow that. But on this issue of uh TikTok CEO resigning we were talking about this in the other time zone today and what's what we realized is not only has the TikTok CEO recent re re resigned but so has Pinduoduo and why is that interesting you might ask well if you're Chinese you know TikTok and Pinduoduo are the two fastest growing apps not only in China's history but in the history of the planet Earth and that might sound like I'm exaggerating but in fact I am not it's actually very well known that Pinduoduo is the fastest growing app in the history of China. And TikTok is probably the second fastest growing app in the history of China. And and both of those apps, uh, just to give you context, Pinduoduo uh, surpassed Alibaba, which is basically like the Amazon of Asia. And it's only three and a half years old. Imagine a startup three and a half years old being bigger than Amazon in America. That's that crazy. That, that is almost impossible to imagine, but that's how big and fast that company grew. And and ByteDance and TikTok are actually quite similar in, in its incredible growth. It's like anything anyone's ever seen. And new data came out today about just how fast TikTok has been growing internationally. It's beyond anything any social media has ever seen. It makes Facebook look like a, a, a slow old horse compared to a you know electric race car. So TikTok, the, the, here's the weird thing. Both the TikTok founder and the Pinduoduo founder both resigning for no real obvious reasons. And they're both going off to do ponder the universe. Why is that? And so 
we're wondering what what's going on over there in China. <laughs> that the founders of the most ambitious, fastest growing companies that the world has ever seen are resigning just to ponder the existence I of think it. It's, it's- It's very natural. They they have enough money already, so they don't have. They don't no, think they have that's to not natural. They don't want to do no, no, <laughs> Cheryl, <laughs> it's not natural at all. It's, it's natural. No, well, they, yeah. name name me ten other companies that have done that. It's they their babies. They, they, they want to daydream. No, I, okay, I think I think probably Gemma said said an example. But here's what's weird: back, they both back, they yeah. both started doing this after Jack Ma, who was yeah. kind of the real exactly. superstar of Asia. So he's a big brother. He said a good Correct. example. Correct. So And as soon, yeah, he back. he was the big brother who who went to prison because his company got too big too quick. And he said, he didn't go to wondering. prison." Well, he disappeared for two months. He, he's not yeah. He just went to the countryside. Right. Keep going, Tyler. I think it has something to do with the Chinese government. I just don't, don't know why. Is that Dr. Francine Hardaway? Here we go again. She's on. She's on. Here, here. we go, folks. <laughs> and for those Hi, of for those of you who don't know, we are very fortunate and blessed to have Dr. Francine Hardaway on stage because each of us on stage has our own kind of X Men superpower, mutant super strength. Right? Jonathan's in the hardware semiconductor space uh, ha- by the way great to see you back anitha she's just has the world's highest iq victoria's a whiz in vr right everyone on stage has their thing dr francine hardaway has been in this game from the beginning so she's been there done that I'm, seen I'm in that the history space yeah but she's literally seen the evolution of this whole game from day one and there's a repetition to these processes that Uh, so only it takes people who have been around the block a few times to recognize the patterns, actually. So, and by the way, has an, I, her and I seem to agree on practically everything. Uh, so, uh, I th- will time will see. Let's see if another Chinese super tech dr- dragon resigns soon because this is very suspicious behavior. Yeah. Does does David Chang ever come on any? He of does your... all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Because. He he would have, I think, great I agree. insight into. This. I, agree. I think these two days he a... must be busy with the Bitcoin ban in China, so I guess he's exhausted. He's he's very very busy with uh, yeah. what's happening with crypto. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but she's right. She's exactly right. Uh, Anita, welcome back. What's up? Thank you. Yeah. No, I mean, since you're talking about China, like yesterday in one of the AI ethics room, oh yes, there was some massively amazing deep dives on the social credit system, and it was phenomenal in the sense of to really understand how China is approaching building systems of judiciary, legal, corporate, individual, whole bunch of other systems like compliance systems, and I think. The, what you guys are talking about may have something to do with the way they're developing the the social credit system in terms of how do you hold corporations accountable in a country which is in 40 years has grown so tremendously like compared to any other country in the history of any growth of any country what china managed to accomplish in the last 40 years from literally where they were to where yep. they are both yeah. from an economic perspective to poverty perspective to so many other variables yep. so Now they're at that uh, mature, maturation point where they're now developing the way they envision the systems 
of compliance and how do you hold an individual accountable? What is good behavior? What is good citizen? What's a good company? What's So all of that, and particularly Jack Ma, case actually ties into how they're looking at systems wise and not individual. Basically means no matter what, no matter how rich you are, no matter how powerful your company is, it basically is not equal to government. Correct. The government look at this collective power of how you develop systems and it's good for the country, good for the world. And also with the, the ultimate uh, goal of regaining the position that China has, which is a Chinese dream. So how do you really fulfill the Chinese dream of being number one in the world, actually have digital systems where not only following the Western systems, but how do you have this entire architecture that is more technologically advanced and fit into the new technological revolution? So in that sense, I think some of these resignations is could be part of the cleansing process of not leaving the power on the table with the folks who gained power in the recent times, the last decade or two, particularly all of these companies, because the Chinese government allowed them to have that power. Yeah. They wouldn't have been where they were if the Chinese government did not allow. But at the end of the day, you're still a cog in a wheel. You just don't control everything. So there is this aspect of controlled opening and controlled mechanism to like develop good behavior. And I think that's going to go back into that very systems development and where the current structure of the social credit system really falls into place. I think they literally could be tied to how they are viewing the role of these new billionaires who became billionaires, extremely ambitious individuals who still have to fit into a collective societal model as a system. Yep. And it's all about risk like, management too. Yeah. I want to... Can, can I add just one thing on that? Because I was in another room early this morning. Yes, sir. 7.30 European time very quickly. Go. And there was this white gentleman from, I think, something called the East-West Institutes that was describing also the social scoring of, of China. And what I took out of it is that, um, beside what I've just been explaining, is that the Chinese also have a very transparently um, acknowledged desire to apply this, the same system when they're entering other markets, when they're, uh, when they're investing into Western countries or even in Africa or in other countries in Asia, and that their ambition is to score through their own metrics everyone they come across. Uh, with And so therefore, if you've been in contact with the Chinese system, what this gentleman was saying is that probably you are scored because that's their worldview. Oh, absolutely. I think there's a scoring that's going to and they're also interested in transparency in the way they're defining. And they do want, in fact, so, some of the things and this is a fascinating conversation like Dewey is the one who broke everything down like it was like almost like a six hour session literally discussing the nuances of the system where it is a distributed mechanism that suits the distributed, not a centralized mechanism, even though it may appear like centralized in the, you know, right now for the rest of the world. But the way they're developing is like, how can you govern at the local level without having to centrally govern 1.4 billion population? Yeah. So it's like really, really fascinating on how they're thinking through. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I think there are a couple of papers I'm going to probably share I'm driving right now, but I'm going to share later. Uh, Tyler, if you want to like that, tweet it out later. Yeah, uh, please you know? do. I'll retweet it. Yeah, he was alluding to. Yeah, yeah. and send uh, send it uh, when you find it. When you tweet it, please include uh, at tn tnatw tech news around the world. I see it. I retweet it. Yeah. So, 
I, mean, I was actually. They... I'm sorry. So, uh, ladies first. Say, Hold on one second. Okay, I saw Dr. Francine Hardway on the mic. Go ahead. Yeah, I just think that it's kind of like um, the Russians treated their oligarchs. You know, they let them grow and get a lot of oh. money. And then they started putting them in jail. You know, because if, if any individual gets more power yep. than the government or the collective, yep. that is dangerous. Yep. And I Absolutely, think Tyler. I think. Same- I think- Jack Ma is not in jail. No, no, no. no. I think just, Cheryl. He's uh, just Cheryl. being in low profile. He's just being in low profile. But but Cheryl, guys, guys, can we let Dr. Francine just finish her point just yeah. quickly, and then and then Karen, and right. and then yeah, yeah. Dr. Francine, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm Sorry, pretty, I'm pretty much finished. I think that this mentioned this the other night. Justin and I were in with him, yeah. where he talked about his family's businesses, where it's very easy to start a business, a very small business, and the government doesn't pay much attention to you. But when you reach a certain, the government gets very involved, and the regulations come down. So, Dr. Uh, Francine, I gotta, uh, I gotta ask you to maybe do some of my recaps because that was pretty much spot on. Yeah. <laughs> so Justine, let me touch on that. Right? I think what people are missing out is this. So let's talk about one of the companies, uh, Pindu Duo, right? So that's yeah. the, like the 50th largest company in the world. And, you know, people, um, if, you, if you want to get some uh, kind of pictorial view of it, that's uh, kind of a, between if Costco and Disney were to have a baby, you would get Pindu Duo, right? That's pretty much what that is. And uh, they have about 500 million uh, uh, monthly active users, eight and a half billion 2020 revenue, and 14% of China's e-commerce market. Not, and, uh, not what bad for people... three and a half years old. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. What people forget is this is only five and a half years old company, right? It's not a, and, and the way this company was built on, it's about data and also this 996 low in China, which is you work till nine to nine and six days a week, right? So it's very ruthless, um, the way that guys managed to build that. So now, just like Jack Ma, you know, so... It's all about the system allows people to go into spaces where the China has interest. And when you get to a point until um, this year, that guy held 85 percent ownership of the company and there was an active CFO. He was a CFO. He was the last person to clear any of the financial. So just imagine um, a CEO having, you know, it's just like literally dictatorship, right? Just making every decision, not having a CFO in a, in a company of that size, right? So I think there's a lot of uh, play underneath. It, it's completely what people are talking about. China's getting into, you know, decentralizing this data or the social credit. I think it's just bullshit. It's basically their way of allowing you to get to a point, mobilize everything, then they just take over. Just like what they've done to, uh, you know, um, uh, Jack Ma, right? They're just saying, you know what? Now let us uh, take care of the data. Let us, you know, uh, be in control of it. If not, you know, just you can just step aside, and that's pretty much what's going on. Yep. Dr. Francine, who is John Galt? This is this is probably straight out of Atlas Shrugged. This is <laughs> totally. I want to welcome uh, Ken Lewis. Um, I think I've, you've been in the audience before, but per- I don't think on stage. Uh, yeah. yeah, welcome. I, I have a m- music in, uh, background myself. And your background, I think, would be very uh, beneficial, uh, your insights and your expertise, uh, um, because we often get into um, music-related issues. For example, Spotify yesterday announced they are doing virtual concerts now. 
which um, I wonder what you what your take is on this, because I have this wild theory that in the near not so distant future. Spotify is known. They announced, uh, there was a headline about a month ago that they acquired a, a startup called Locker Room, and Locker Room is basically Clubhouse for sports. It's, it is it is Clubhouse, but for the niche of sporting events where people would get together, fans of a game, and talk. And it had just started, brand new startup, so they acquired it. No doubt they're going to use it for more than sports, maybe even music. I mean, what a wild idea! Uh, and the idea could be they would be. Every artist in Spotify would have its own clubhouse room, essentially. Maybe even every, uh, not only every artist, every genre, maybe even every album could have a room. Maybe even even for really big artists, every song could have its own damn room for the really classic songs. But more importantly, the artists on Spotify could appear in those rooms and they might even perform in those rooms and they might even charge schedule rooms in advance where they do vir- uh, virtual conf- uh, uh, concert for their fans in these rooms and charge for that. And that would be a new way for artists to monetize on Spotify. What do you think of this crazy idea, Ken? Or, and what are your thoughts about uh, what might be happening in the near future with uh, tech and music? Well, I think the blessing and the curse of Spotify is that you now have 60,000 new songs a day right every single day uploaded to spotify so as a as a consumer how do you find the stuff that you want i right. think is uh becoming a big problem yep. uh and as an artist um you know there's just so much more background noise to cut through uh but the great thing about streaming is you can get straight to a niche audience you don't have to be signed to a major label to have a career anymore Boom. you can find your niche and grow it and be successful so you know, the, the, I think the future of streaming and live performances, you know, the pandemic, uh, certainly, uh, put that into, into perspective. Um, streaming is going to be the way forward, but I, I, people are also really itchy to get back to live shows too. So it's going to be a combination. So what, what about the idea that artists will be able to sell because of this today, by the way, just a few hours ago, Facebook just announced they're now going to have, uh, this, partnership with shopify and by the way google just 48 hours ago announced their partnership with shopify where for example on youtube and on google maps and other google properties you'll now be able to click on products inside of youtube videos historical youtube videos click on a pair of shoes and be taken to uh, an e-commerce site where you can buy those shoes now that's huge right that is huge right uh, that was just announced, and they even showed it as part of their Google I.O. event that we covered here live. Uh, but they came out with the text um, version of the press release about it today, and so did Facebook. So Facebook saying you can people can now sell live products on Facebook, and when you're selling your product, there'll be a little link in your live video that people can click, and you'll get paid for that. Uh, this this future of social commerce, and uh, what I'm imagining is in the in the in the Spotify version of this, with all of their, you know, hundred thousand artists that are over there, those artists could now also monetize in kind of similar ways. For example, they could sell their merch through e-commerce by their partnership with Shopify. Which, by the way, Daniel Ek, the CEO of Spotify, was here in Clubhouse with the CEO of Shopify, and they're clearly buddies. And if Shopify and Spotify do a partnership now all of those artists can now have e-commerce stores as part of their shop of their spotify profiles 
and you could sell your merch directly on Spotify. You could even sell your concert tickets directly on or co- tickets to upcoming concerts directly on there. So contractually, if you're if you don't have an exclusive agreement with somebody already and it gets even crazier because um, I'll pause there to see what you think of that, because the next idea is even far crazier. Well, the my big question about that is so it sounds to me like you'll be able to live stream and put your products up on screen for people to buy your merch in real time while you're performing, which if that's the case, sounds kind of like a game changer moment to me because I've never really seen that. Yep. And it seems like, you know, fans want the free show, but every now and then they just want to feel more connected to the person that's singing their favorite song to them or something like that. So if you see it right on the screen, that impulse buy, I think is going to be a much more powerful uh, connector and yep. you know help more music you know help more musicians survive now right now watch this part here's where it gets really crazy because i had i had a deal with capital in 2001 so here's my take here's and, and i'm more of a geek these days but uh as you said with the unsigned artists unsigned artists can participate in in spotify and upload their content start to develop a bit of a fan base and spotify watches the data very very closely Right. They're kind of masterful at their use of data in the system for the recommendation yes, engine. Right. So if the, if you're an artist and you're starting to develop a bit of a fan base in Spotify and they see that data, they could say to you, hey, we can see that you're starting to monetize here in the Spotify platform based on your plays because you own your streaming rights because you're an unsigned artist and you didn't sign away your streaming rights to some record label. Right. So how about this? We can see the trend of your data. And we'll give you an advance right now so you can produce some songs, maybe go on tour. And, um, you know, we'll just collect your streaming fees and uh, to pay back that loan. And better yet, we're not worried about the risk of whether or not you'll pay back this loan because we control your the exposure and the distribution. So if we need you to pay back your loan quicker, we'll just share your music to more people and pay back the loan much quicker. So there's zero risk to Spotify to give this loan. And the best part is the artist never had to sign away their rights as part of a, the traditional record label deals. What do you think? Well, here's where Spotify got in trouble before attempting kind of phase one of that. They launched Spotify for artists. And uh, I think what ended up happening was just a ton of artists that were in the program were uploading uh things with samples and uncleared music and right. it just got to be a complete mess and they had to shut down Spotify for artists. So right. I think you're, it's always going to go back to anytime the company tries to be the record company, they have a whole different set of rights that they need to clear and manage than if they're only the streaming company. Correct. Yeah. It gets into the publishing side of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, to be continued, uh, as they say. But by the way, uh, do hang out on stage because we touch on all kinds of these similar related issues that I think your input will be super valuable. Um, Thank you. Tyler, yeah. I wanted to jump in as well, just just to give some takes on that, because from the SiriusXM and Pandora side of things. So, yeah. so we've been doing live concerts, not charging anything. And mm. so recently, you know, I attended one with her. I mean, and she, you know, 
I believe she just won some Grammys, things like that, and that's all free. So I think it's interesting that they're doing these performances and they're charging. So I'm right. curious to see how that pans out. But I'm wondering, too, if, you know, a lot of times between us versus them type issue, it's always going to come down to our content offering. Yeah. You know, who who is the better, you know, let's say we want to play more in that space, which, like I said, we haven't been doing it on a serious side, really. That was more the in-person, but Pandora has been doing the live streaming concerts. And again, they're all free. So so I think it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, because, again, with them charging, I'm curious to see what, what kind of response they get, especially now with COVID, you know, hopefully sooner than later starts winding down a bit, how that's going to play out. So I think it's that's very interesting. But I just wanted to give a little insight yep. on that as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah, great point. You have uh, you, this is exactly the point of this room. <laughs> you working at Pandora and Sirius. Um have the inside perspective and it, I let's let's watch because they're these things are coming up do they start tomorrow these uh live streaming things they're charging I think they're charging ten dollars or something for them did you do you remember the date they just announced them yesterday but I think they're set for a week or so from now but let, let's see what happens after the fact and circle back and and see what the outcome is on that um anyone else have something to share I've got a huge stack of news to go through but uh, as usual we have a lot of ground to cover anyone have something from their part of the world geographically norm welcome back how what's going on in canada well this isn't canada this is worldwide i've been following this for almost two years before covid um fungus has become a real threat and especially since covid because one of the biggest fears that doctors have is that something is going to exist in the hospital when patients come in and it'll it'll uh complicate the condition that people have and this has been shown in a number of hospitals with people have covid they contract uh, candida sauris and also there's a a real threat of fungi the real problem i actually tweeted you to this there's no vaccine for any known fungus that uh, happens to humans mm. and sort of an under the you know because of because of uh covid you know everybody's been ignoring this but this is a an increasing threat i don't remember if you know about uh the antibiotic resistant uh, bacteria that they had in hospitals mm -hmm. yeah well fungus has become an even bigger threat hmm. and now here now if, if you want to be scared if you have a cat or a dog you're susceptible to fungus because the dog's nose is you know poking through the grass or wherever it is and they're finding an awful lot of uh patients are getting contracting fungus as a result of playing with their pets now it used to it used to not be interspecies just like wet markets been around for a thousand years right they, they've been in china forever and covid was basically well sars and covid were the first indications that this was a problem well because of the distribution system we have with food all over the world and we're getting it mainly from third world countries and this is where the biggest problem is this is going to become an, an increasing problem worldwide. Uh, and we're all, our own worst enemies because we, we're very mobile and we travel around the world and most of it has zero resistance to any of these funguses. And it, it's sort of a, 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 an unknown threat right now and I'm actually working on it because I'm a, I work in uh, biogenetics. Mm. How and, long ago uh, did you tweet this, um, Norm? Uh, did I tweet that yeah what, this morning how many hours ago oh i don't know it's uh just recently i guess it's there's an excellent scientific article um scientific norm, quick question sorry, sorry to interrupt norm quick okay. question this is the black fungus you're talking about right 
Well, it's Candidasaurus, and there's actually, well, most people, you know, you've heard of the uh, Irish potato famine, correct? Yeah, of I, I haven't, that. but it does, I haven't, does this have anything to do with the variant in India and Pakistan that's heavily coming up just now and affecting patients? With feral cats, yes, feral cats, and also um, wild dogs. And, it's, and it's, they call, the, what they're calling it in Pakistan and India is black fungus, with which there's no vaccine right. cure, and people are dying, and it started and, in India, and a lot and, of cases have been found in Pakistan today as well, and, and apparently there's no cure. And it's yeah. essentially what a non non healthcare person or non medical expert can someone like me allude would say. To a headline. It's a death can sentence. I've got it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to weigh in on that. This, this? is Shelley. Um, so Faraz, is what you're talking about, the black black fungus, it's killed 90 people. The reason is because um, with the treatment of COVID, a lot of people are being pumped with steroids. So that's the latter part of the disease progression. And also with people just basically, they don't have really strong immune systems, right? So... Um, and another thing, fungi exist in the home. It's everywhere. It's not just it's everywhere. Fungi exist in the home. If you have low, um, what's it called, immune defense, it's gonna it's gonna take hold. It's in homes. It can't you can't get rid of it. You need to ensure that your um, environment is well ventilated. Which is why there's a guy who talks about sick buildings. Ventilate your home because fungi is, an, is everywhere. It kind of attaches to an organic body. And what you need to do is control the, the uh, humidity in your home. Now, with people being at home for long periods of time because of this quarantine etc that we're seeing more and more of it especially now with the um the covid patients it's causing blindness it's causing um neurological issues as well and i'm surprised Heyman, because actually Heyman posted something about this a few days ago so yeah, i started did, looking yeah. into yep yeah, yeah. Uh, i've got the article here from scientific is... america it, uh which you tweeted i just retweeted it norm so anyone who's following the tech news around the world twitter account tnatw it's the most recent tweet. It says from Scientific American, American. Uh, drug resistant killer is on the loose. The fungus Candida auroris, a type of yeast, first appeared in the late 1990s and has spread rapidly across the globe. It is deadly to people, killing as many as 60 percent of those it infects with spores that travel through the bloodstream and bloom in major organs. A uh, An analysis last year found that the the yeast in 19 countries on six different continents. That's, that means everywhere, uh, the, because Antarctica is a continent. I doubt it's there, so it's everywhere. The fungus can be divided into four distinct genetic groups. Each group, when tested, showed the ability to fight off at least one drug from three major classes of antifungals. That's bad news. Many samples were resistant to two drugs, and few samples... Uh, we're impervious to three drugs. That's holy shit bad news. So it's everywhere. It kills 60% of people and it's impervious to drugs. So check it out on the, and it's from a credible source, uh, Scientific American. Well, the, the really scary part is an awful lot of medical, you know, a lot of medical profession is not even aware of the threat. So they're, they're doing things. It's just like COVID in the early days. It was getting spread just through uh, stupidity. Because people were doing things, especially in SARS, so they were doing things that were actually encouraging the spread of of fungus, and that that's what's happening now is because there's no awareness of it, the hospitals, the whole hospital system isn't even aware of what to do, because they're aware of uh, antibiotic resistant diseases, but they're like fungus. Like most people think of fungus as like you know 
athlete's foot or, uh, you know, toe fungus or something, right? It's an athlete's problem. And, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, kiss their dog's noses, you know, and let their cats lick them. And, uh, you know, it's well known that you don't hang around with cats if you're pregnant, right? Well, this is becoming, and, and the thing about fungus is it's a very, it can be a very slow acting thing. And this is what an awful lot of people are talking about, this languor that people have after COVID, right? They, they recover from COVID and then months later, they're exhausted. They're, they're tired and they get colds. They get, and another one is like a, a, a persistent cold. And a lot of the uh, colds during the wintertime, they're now attributing to fungus. So like if you've got a cold that's lasting for a long, long time, it's probably not viral or bacterial. It's probably fungal. Wow. But Norm, there are also a lot of people who have diabetes and these are the guys that are also um, very kind of vulnerable to this stuff as well, right? So it's not just just COVID that's dangerous. Exactly. immunity. Cancer patients are well known to have, um, to be prone to have this fungus um, infection. Interesting. They are, yes. Also kidney patients. It, It can shut down your kidneys in a period of 24 hours. Hmm. So, Sorry, a final question, uh, Norm. Just one more, please. Just one more, because I know there's a large population probably wondering from the developed countries, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking there's a correlation here, but you have to correct me along with the medical experts. Just just one, one, one more. So, for example, if you've got let, less developed countries where everyone knows you have power shortages, and everyone knows that if you've, you probably have a... God, sorry, forgive my daughter. There's, there's, every house has a little bit of fungus somewhere. It is impossible for every house to be 100% non-fungal unless, unless you're OCD every day, right? That's In my right. humble opinion. Exactly. So yeah. if you have lesser developed countries, power shortages, or even events like, forgive me for saying, what happened in Texas just recently, the correlation of that with fungus and COVID is essentially very, very likely to occur to... to lead to forgive me for saying it but this is the only word i can think of death yes yes it's and a there's huge lots crash. of fungus in the refrigerator if the power is down by the way exactly yeah. and, and and the biggest problem this is, with this is it's not sorry, an ahead, obvious threat and it's not thrilling and exciting and sexy like covid so that's that's the biggest issue is that it, it's being ignored by the medical community and also by uh, by industry in general Norm, I was going to say, so you've talked about, um, you know, fungus leading to death. Fungus actually disturbs the body. And before people, they know they feel sick. They don't know why they feel sick. Black mold has been around for a long time. I don't think people are ignoring it. I think it's just very, very difficult to diagnose, right? Diagnosis is is a major factor. And actually for us, when you're talking about in terms of uh, poor populations, I think it's really simple. Keep your house well ventilated, you know, just control. You can't get rid of fungus. It's absolutely everywhere. Fungi, viruses, and sure, bacteria. Sure. Now, the reason I asked it, Shirley, is because in lesser developed countries like India, Pakistan, um, there's a, extreme power shortages sometimes. Like you can go for four days without, without power. And especially in, 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 in what, what would be called essentially um, the lesser, I'm not even sure how to define it. But for example, in Mumbai, there's a there's a part of the city which is which hardly has any power in 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 Lahore, Karachi, same thing, and these places don't have any power sometimes for weeks or days. So that that's the reason I asked for the correlation. Well, well, and, but and they've lived seen that. But they've lived for centuries, right, without power too, right? So it's it's not an but issue not with, with the pandemic. 
but not with, not the, with pandemic. the pandemic. Yes, but the thing is, I think this is a, there's a balance, right? Like fungal and bacteria, everything. We have bacteria in our bodies, um, but fungus is also on our skin. So I mean, it's just a balance of life that we these things work. Like a fungus uh, produces the penicillin, right, against uh, bacteria. So. Mm. So the, remember, it's a, it's a battle that happens. But if you knock that balance off, that's when we have problems. And in India, the problem is also people have been sharing medical devices uh, because of mm-hmm. their desperation, right? So all these airways, uh, all these oxygen canisters. So that's what they've been saying. Clean these canisters. Make sure that you're not sharing it. And that's another right, reason why it's spreading. There's some other stuff going on here that needs to be considered. I mean, we have even fungus in our guts that yep. we don't think about. It's yep. all about bio. The problem is the lack of biodiversity. That's why. And also humans going into these areas um, that normally we haven't been going. Like, for instance, just a kind of a quick example, the American um, bats have had this huge uh, fungal infection. Uh, I think it's kind of like the white fungus or something. Get it on their noses. And one million bats have died in America, and they got it from the from Europe. So um, what would it take for something like that to happen, that there would be a leap from these bats to humans? Um, and, and there's there's the, the Auraria candida bacteria right now <laughs> that I think 20 people have died of in, in, in um, uh, I think it was... South America and some other countries. They don't know, no one knows where it came from. They have no idea. The problem with the bacteria is that it's such an old organism that it knows, knows how to evade amoebas. And what is like amoebas is our white cells that fights foreign objects or foreign uh, microbes, microbes in our bloodstream. So the, the fungus knows how to avoid, if it would get into us, it knows how to avoid the only defense we have against it. So it's really tricky, especially if it's the hospitals, it even knows how to avoid some of these, these uh, medicines. So it's really scary, actually, uh, fungus. The risk group for fungus is immune-suppressed um, patients. HIV like the patients, diabetes. cancer, diabetes, cancer. people on exactly. steroids. Those right. are the risks. Like, our, if you have a regular healthy immune system, you maybe sometimes have some flare-ups, but usually your body keeps it in check. Um, but, th- yeah. And one thing that we have to also realize in India, uh, there's a lot of antibiotic use that shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. People thought that they could throw antibiotics at this uh, viral infection, right? Um, that's a common uh, thing that happens even in yeah. East Asia. Uh, like, people take antibiotics for everything. And it's only in, uh, recently that people are realizing that you don't, you shouldn't be taking antibiotics for a common cold, which is t- but, so. But Heyman, on the antibiotics, part of the treatment protocol for COVID um, coronavirus does include things like, oh gosh, I forgot what it's called, one of the antibiotics. Um, so if you look at the EMS, I've got the name of the acronym, um, but it does include antifungals, anti-inflammatories, and the antibiotics as well. That, so I think that is that the new sorry, protocol uh, that they've designed, or EMS? Um, it's been around for a while. So there's um, look, I don't no, no, but hold on. Talk about no, no, because I, I, the, no, Heyman, you know. This, no, well, let me wrap it up. About, this is the, all about the reason the why antibiotics yeah. is too much use is because the fact that then you be, then you actually make the fungal infections more because you're killing off the endemic bacteria that's Absolutely. in your gut and your body, and that's why the fungal can overwhelm 
the the body. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead, Aslak. No, I was just going to say that this is all about the immune system. So what happens with COVID, that first your immune system fights it, but then yeah, your immune suppressed. system goes on overdrive. And that's what gets your, your, your lungs filled with, with, uh, with fluids. Initially, it's that it downregulates the immune system until right. you get to the point where it over, goes into overdrive. So that's the cytokine, cytokine storm. But what I was also going to say is that fungi in of itself is not bad. What is bad is the mycotoxins it produces, and that is where you get the adverse reaction. So just like someone said, fungus does produce what, you know, the, the um, anti, uh, what is it, uh, aspirin, I can't remember, but antibiotics, sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so fungus in of itself is not bad. It's the mycotoxins that produce the adverse effects. That's right. I'm, uh, Coming from uh, the side of uh, my teams that are in the Amazon right now, and I just want to say that mycelium, yes, there are good parts of the plant and there are very essential medicines from the mycelium um so right now they don't have uh sorry for interjecting but you know when they talk to me about oh amazon investor coalition is coming in we're trying to raise capital we're trying to bring in they said we have the medicine we just need the clean water and the actions to protect it and share it with the globe because they are actually treating their own COVID right now using their medicinal formulas. And so I really do want to bring back that it is for them related to their gut, to the probiotics, to the um, mentioning of their wisdom to the world, their wisdom to the plant, as well as how can we share it and collaborate and make sure that we all regenerate. They've been living for thousands of years in these environments. So their knowledge is essential. So I just wanted to chime in for that's from Nantar Inga, who is in Macas in Ecuador. I was working on a video with her yesterday, and she's also producing in Quito her own new um, kombucha company using the medicinal herbs so that people even in Quito can uh, reboost their immune systems after COVID. Thank you. Thanks for chiming in. We appreciate that. I'm not going to stop open kissing, uh, open mouth kissing my dogs, but yeah. <laughs> you should. Yeah. What? I'm, I'm no. I'm open mouth kissing my dogs. You can't stop me. Oh, God. You don't have to go that far, man. But not on the first date. I mean, it's only after a while. Can I say something? I mean, once you get to know the dogs. Right. No French kissing dogs, guys. No, but I, I have to say this real quick that they they are doing the fecal implants to correct all kinds of different hard infections in the gut. Lovely. Um, it's a it's a huge area that's it's it's burgeoning um, that is going to be I think a lot bigger with microbiomics um, and that that's... I think there's so many things. I mean, you have you have fungus in your gut. You have phages which is kind of like uh, it's kind of like a virus but it's not microphages <laughs> yeah right and then you have um of course viruses bacteria so it's a huge it's a just big world in there and we have no idea what's going on so um there's but a... there's interesting research how it's connected to your mental health your you know obesity uh and so forth i mean it's yeah. just well, amazing that's just a, One there's a there's a real shitload of opportunity in that business yeah tell can i, can I... <laughs> <laughs> You could donate, okay, actually, they, your poop. You can, you can use microphages. So they use them to cure other diseases. They look to use microphages to try and cure Lyme disease, the spirochete uh, bacteria. So that's the thing. I don't think anything in a, of itself is bad. It depends on 
its use and also the things like like I said, a fungi the fungi it's it's not bad because it's got the positives but also the negatives and we just need to try and control Surely. the negatives. Yes. Well, the, the, Shirley, the thing that we just one last just one it. last point here. Norm, if, I'm, if I might just say something here. Right. See, I, I understand everything that the medical professionals and the much more intellectuals than I on the subject is saying. But if you just forget the medical side of it for one second, okay, and look at what I'm what I'm saying here. When you live in the slums of India or in Pakistan or in Africa, and you make a minimal wage, which doesn't even allow you food. Your number one concern is how to feed your children and how to feed yourself. Hygiene comes secondary. Hence, that sort of hygiene combined with the sort of fungus that everyone is referring to that could be of danger, combined with working in houses or cities where you go to a richer segment of the population to work in their houses, etc., combined with that sort of population, then traveling out to cities everywhere else, combined with COVID is something that concerns me, not just from a global standpoint, but more so also from the perspective of the, that part of the poorer population, not having the means to even get to a hospital. That's the reason that I was trying to make these correlations. I understand where you're going. I'll stop there. If I may address that, if I may address that, please. I think education is very important because we're all learning as we go along right i didn't know anything about bacteria fog i just didn't until quite recently right so i think that the education is really important to control fungi you need to, you can't get rid of it punto basta what you can control is the um humidity in your environment so education about that that you know you don't need a speci- specific fan not everyone needs to get a hepa filter helper filters do help by the way but if you tell people try and keep your environment aerated you know what i mean i think that is important you don't need to buy special equipment. i think we're getting a little bit too much one second yeah, guys. Can, can I, I think we're, we're thinking too comment, much please? yeah yeah uh, sorry do you mind if i, I, go, I can't guy, believe guy, you're guy, saying guy, that guy, we're guy. getting we're, we're getting a no no, no no i think we're just going a little bit too much into the privilege part here because we don't like people have lived without fridges and exactly. air conditioners and all this stuff for ages all right because if you think about it our diets we've evolved including our diets to actually accommodate for the fact that they didn't have heating uh, they didn't have cooling or like preserving food so for instance turmeric and spices in india and pakistan were used basically to preserve food and to prevent uh, infections um like this is ba- the basic human rights is what we're talking about water is one of the most basic human rights okay. that they need like Good they time. can't Thank wash you, you got it. It doesn't yeah. work. We got it. Okay. Uh, rather than go on about wasabi and all the antibacterial yep. foods yep. in the world, let's get back oh. into tech news. So uh, I'm going to turn it to thing. Justin. Is there? Please, please save us, my friend. Is there any news, uh, kind of political tech news today? Yes, that medical discussion was fascinating, but I think the people want Bitcoin, folks. And that's what we're going to get into. <laughs> Um, I and, was waiting and, and, somebody shoot me. Here we go. <laughs> no, it's uh, cryptocurrencies in general. Yep. So you can uh, take that as you may. I have two related headlines. Obviously, um, markets are crashing around the world. Our esteemed colleague and correspondent in Beijing, David Chang, is losing his hair over this. 
his clients are saying sell, 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 sell. And when something like this, (laughs) and when something like this happens, it gets the attention of U.S. regulators. So there are two different headlines here. One on the positive note: if you have Bitcoin investment, uh, Republican Tom Emmer has reintroduced a bill on Monday. Couldn't come soon enough to essentially protect Bitcoin investors and crypto investors from tax liabilities. Um, It's called the Safe harbor for taxpayers with forked assets act. Justin, how much do you think he got paid for that to lobby at the right time when Bitcoin is crashing? Well, um, was so, crashing. So, so he introduced this in 2018. He introduced this in 2019. 2018, when we had the high and the crash, then he came and, in. And um, the internal revenue, uh, he introduced this, had nothing to do with the crash. It had everything to do with guidance presented by the IRS. As they said, any new cryptocurrency generated by hard forks when blockchains split into two networks, each with a native asset, would count as taxable income. This Republican said, no, 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 not so fast. And he um, introduced this piece of legislation. So that's just kind of table setting. Um, let's get rid of the conspiracy theory stuff and, and, and just set the table with that. In addition to that, there has been a recent hearing on Capitol Hill that kind of goes over uh, crypto assets. And, and when these things um, just sink and dive, think of Robinhood with GameStop. It was all fun until Robinhood uh, stops, stopped the trading or stopped the, uh, I think it was the buying of options on GameStop. And that pissed off the retail investors and everybody on Capitol Hill. They saw blood in the streets and they, oh man, do they want to run into this and, and get their headline in the media. Um, the same thing is happening for uh, cryptocurrency, um, but it was kind of, I believe, before this crash. So this crash will um, definitely increase the emphasis that, uh, you know, your, your congressmen and women um, see because they see an opportunity to get into the news. And I am scrolling. OK, here's the quote that I wanted to read. The SEC's recent warnings of the dangers of Bitcoin follow calls for more muscular government action, establishing a federal watchdog with a clear mandate to oversee cryptocurrencies regulatory gray area. Here is the quote, folks. Right now, the exchanges trading in these crypto assets do not have a regulatory framework, either at the SEC or our sister agency, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, CFTC, for those who know. SEC Chair Gary Gensler told Congress earlier in May in one of his first remarks on cryptocurrency regulation. Right now, there's not a market regulator around these crypto agencies, and thus there's really not protection against fraud or manipulation. And he continued to say, basically, that this administration will not be a um, friend to non-regulation in this sector. And then overseas officials have been even stronger. And we're going to quote the, which we already did on this show, the governor of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey. I'm going to say this very bluntly again, uh, said the Bank of England. Buy them only if you're prepared to lose all your money. Um, So this kind of coincides with China's recent actions. And I think it shows that everybody should be ready for serious government intervention. And while there isn't necessarily bipartisan support, 
if these things keep crashing and enough people keep losing money and they're in retail investors that are losing money, you could see action on this because that's kind of what gives Congress the impetus to act. So I wanted to bring up those two headlines and uh, kick it to Tyler or the group to discuss. Can I? Can I? Yep, you can. Thank you so much. I thought that was really interesting, Dustin. Really well put. Um, I also found an article. So JP Morgan's analysts have come out and basically said that large institutions are dumping Bitcoin in favor of gold. I have seen that the gold price is on the rise. Interestingly enough, however, JP Morgan have also said that they see Bitcoin tracking up to 140,000 in the long term. So the theory is, um, well, this is based on a theory of um, them pegging uh, Bitcoin to gold, right? So I feel that, um, you know, last night, I don't know, but I was in the crypto room and they said that a ton of money had been, I think six trillion or something billion had been wiped off. Don't quote me on the figures. But also not a lot of money is poured back in. And I actually feel that people are gaming the system so they can buy cheaper and acquire more. I don't know. I don't have proof. But those who believe in the crypto, sorry, let me finish. Those who believe in this project are going to hold. I've literally just bought into a dip. So call me mad. But hey, I think long term, this has got a, it's got a, a few a bit more to run. Can I, can I pop in here quickly? Sure. Is that right, Tyler? Yeah. I, I, I can't believe the coincidence of this. I've literally just come off of a call uh, with a lifelong friend of mine who I haven't spoken to a while who hasn't who's basically been incognito from from everyone in our circle and it turns out that he's just spent the last 3 months learning sort of day trading and minute by minute trading and whatnot and studying crypto and the last 2 hour conversation has been on this topic and I've just gone he's just taken me through all of his sort of tactics that he's been using and all of the things that he's been looking at and the research that he's been doing and the the books like you know trading in the zone and that kind of thing and he's introduced me to the groups that he's been talking to and the discord and stuff and he's gone through and shown me his records and whatnot and the guy is making an absolute killing not because he's a genius because he's sat there for the last three months and has monitored some what's of the, the major coins. This, uh, what's the point uh, of this summary? Hold on, hold on, hold on, because the point is the, 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 the manipulation is there. The manipulation and the patterns and everything are there and blatant. Like, and it's, it's just, it's, it's, so let's talk about, it I is there. We, I think we had... The Kieran's right? question That's is the... good. Kieran's question is good. So the, the, there are day traders out there. And I no, no, but that's that, that's, that's yeah. something, um, um, Cal. We know, we know that on every asset, um, you know, when there's a window of opportunity, there's an always when there's an arbitrage opportunity. The snakes, you know, you know, when they smell blood, everyone goes for it. You know, that's what's the way the market is, right? So I think GameStop. Uh, someone talked about GameStop, right? Um, so the reason that the regulators around the world they're still not paying is because it's still not ble bleeding into the main financial system. It's still only one or two percent of the global financial assets uh, this crypto space so they're not really concerned about it the reason that when gamestop come and they'll court the regulators attention is because it will start breathing into every everything that they regulate so they will you know they quickly came on and they had the power to get robin hood to make sure that they can only take one side of the trade so they have that much power so what will happen in the crypto space if they really want to go after it the fact that binance is submitted to us to get a regulatory approval so they can expand into us clients they can literally ask Binance to let them in to investigate in terms of all the stuff that they've been doing. So just imagine that, right? So, so there is there's a cat and mouse going on between exchanges and uh, regulators. Um, but they know that, look, it's just a slippery slope. So let's just not come here and just talk about, you know, this space being 
there's an opportunity and there's a money to be made. Um, and after you make the money, the money has to come back to the, uh, your bank. That's where they have the power. So uh, unless you are living in a cuckoo land where the money is going to be floating in this kind of virtual space for the rest of your life, yeah, go ahead and speculate. You know, I think good luck with that. Can I, can I just step in here? So if you look at, and I'm no trader, but looking at the math. So uh, yesterday, basically Tether lost its peg against the dollar. And then what you saw is all the whales bots that have been driving the market yep. and manipulating the market for the last six months. So let's give the... someone some context on Tether, right? So Tether operates in a way, what is a fractional reserve system does in a real banking world? Basically, you know, 10% uh, they're holding uh, and then, you know, they leverage the rest of it without the regulatory oversight. So Tether, you know, uh, recently they published an article, uh, um, there was a headline saying that they disclosed how much of that uh, Liquid, how much of that is a one-to-one? You know, they said they hold for every one dollar, uh, every uh, uh, one dollar they have a one dollar, you know, one tether uh, uh, backed against a dollar, right? So if you if you dig deeper into what they're actually holding, most of it is linked to U.S. Treasury, which again U.S. have the power. You know, as soon as something like the market sell-off we saw, the first thing they're going to be liquidating is that most liquid uh, asset, which is the Treasury, right? So again, you know, um, tether it's, it's been doing a lot of shady stuff. Again, when they go after it, we, you know, we'll learn as we, you know, as we go along. So that's, again, please, let's not go into, you know, Tether is a solid one-to-one peg, which is not. No, 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 I'm, I'm not saying that. That's not what I was saying, uh, Kieran. I was highlighting that, I mean, Tether is basically a Ponzi. I mean, you, the, 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 the treasuries you talk about, there aren't. They've got commercial paper. The commercial paper are basically Tether loans to exchanges. And exactly. So what you saw is when, when the peg against the dollar, the, the, the Tether peg, when it broke... Then you had basically all of these scripts going just haywire. Like the that's why the exchange shut down. Um, and that's why you saw massive injections of Tether yesterday. You saw close to 300 billion in Tether volume yesterday. Because people right. running out to liquidate the most liquid. Um, yeah, because, because, because everything basically is leveraged in Tether. And if suddenly Tether loses its value, which is what you saw, you saw initially Tether drop down to nearly 0.8 of a dollar. You've got to liquidate these these highly leveraged positions, you know, because these are all derivatives. These are whales using sort of, you know, um, uh, one Medium million tether placements yeah. leveraged 100 times. You know, I mean, it, th- this is what it is. And, and you know, I, I sit back and I, I, I look at all of the people that talk about sort of the cryptocurrency and the markets. But what they need to understand is. You know, they're not the big players and they're not driving this. And if you look at the, 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 the trades over the last six months, it is a classic Wyckoff distribution campaign. This has been going on in financial markets for the last, well, since Wyckoff himself, 1930s. You know, and, 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 and this is, there, there are lots of bull traps here. All right. You know? um, we, we, in conclusion, kiss your dogs. Yes. Go ahead, Tyler. Okay. Um, I've got a couple headlines I got to share. We're going to circle back. Don't worry. If you've got one, we will get to it. Right. I've up. got a super interesting one from India. Hold on to it for a second. And I got one. Guys, uh, just, just one last thing on, uh, on the crypto side. I'm not sure if you saw it. I didn't get a chance to look at the breaking news, but um, uh, maybe the, the last two gentlemen uh, could comment on it. Treasury wants anything over 10K in crypto transfers reported to them. Anyone know anything about this? Mm-hmm. Sounds like government going to government. Yep. Let's let's uh let's let's move on and we'll, we'll circle back around no, but that's, in the next hour. That's that that I think that's what this is the beginning of the end. I think of the the government controls are now. It was never clear how the governments were going to behave, right? And now the governments right. are all starting to show their cards, 
and it's not looking well, good. Tyler, it was it was very clear to me from the beginning. And so you shorted all uh, Bitcoin <laughs> when it reached sixty thousand. No, Tyler. I think what she's trying to say is, in the platform tech news around the world, we always been not unbiased. We just talk the facts. Yeah. I think that's a great you know for our audience to see, right? We were, we weren't that you know hundred thousand laser eye. I think Ben is uh, except Ben, I guess. No, I mean, <laughs> which is a. Uh, We'll see. So there's um, yeah. I want to shift gears here for a second. There's some very interesting news uh, that I'm just going to run through. Google is now opening a, their very first store like an Apple store, but a Google store. Anyone know where it's going to be? I do. It's in New York City. New York City. Look at the kill. Yeah. Smart kid in the class, this kid. So uh, <laughs> why New York? Uh, because they have, they're always following me. <laughs> because they have, uh, it's their second largest uh, workforce is is in New York City apparently, and it's very close to their their kind of New York City campus. And it does. Uh, looking at the photos, I just tweeted it out from the Tech News Around the World Twitter account at TNATW. You can see a photo of it. It looks like well, an Apple store. And they say at the Google store, customers will be able to browse and buy an extensive selection of products made by Google, ranging from Pixel phones to Nest products, Fitbit devices to Pixel books and more. And uh, pick up their orders in the store if you order them online. Throughout the store, visitors will be able to experience how our products and services work together in a variety of immersive ways, which we're excited to share more about when the doors open. And we'll have experts on hand to help visitors get the most out of their device. Sounds like it might be a genius bar. Uh, we will see if they en- enable uh, repairs and whatnot. And if the story, Michael, Michael, where else, do, where else do Google have their stores, and where else will they revamp their stores? You know the answer to that, right? I do not. Let uh, what, uh, inform it's me. Best buy. They, 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 it's a store in a store. This is their game, mm-hmm. right? So they're already, they, they'll revamp the, the spaces. And so then you'll have like platform to platform to platform. That's the only, uh, otherwise Best Buy dies, right? So in the US that, you know, they'll do these individual stores, but they won't be able to do what Apple did because Apple started with a whole different premise around its stores. Um, but that makes end, sense, have what a, you just said. They'll have a few of their own and then they'll, they'll distribute it through, I guess the only, uh, uh, the player that's left is Best Buy. If there are other players, they would use them. Mm. That's the smart option, though. It's the only way that they could compete. Yeah, it says the, the, the store will be in Chelsea area of New York and will be, be part of their urban campus in the Chelsea neighborhood because Google has taken over Chelsea with it where it is home to many of their 11,000 plus Google New York City employees. Uh, Google has been in New York for the past 20 years, and we view the store as a natural extension of our longtime commitment to the city. A new Google store is an important next step in our hardware journey of providing the most helpful experience of Google wherever and whenever people need it. We look forward to meeting many of our customers and hearing their feedback on the store so we can continue to explore and experiment with the possibilities of a physical retail space upon build upon experience. Now, it gets more interesting because uh, friends of ours up in Sweden at Chalmers University near um, Gothenburg have a truly mind-blowing new announcement, which I just tweeted from the Tech News Twitter account, and you you really got to see this to believe it. Uh, Researchers from Chalmers University of Technology in Sweden have developed a concept for a rechargeable cement-based battery. Now, that doesn't sound... That sounds mildly interesting, right? A cement-based battery. However, until you realize their ambition is to turn a city... 
the actual city, because when you when you if you imagine a city as a dirt lot right, before you build the city and then you have to lay the concrete down over square kilometers, that concrete has a metal grid inside of it of rebar. Mm. And then the buildings become the cathodes and the city becomes a battery. That's so cool. I like where this is going. Hi, Tyler. Yeah. And we get fried in between. I, I, um, yeah, I, I actually sent that to you. And one of the use cases that the university has said is that um, if you add solar panels um, to the buildings, then to, to highways and bridges using the same cement, the sensors... Um, we'll be able to detect cracking and corrosion in highway in highways, mm-hmm. and that's um, very interesting. Yeah. Looking at the American infrastructure that's um, yeah. corroding. The, the image in the photo is truly mm-hmm. one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. It's kind of mind blowing. So it says one day the technology could turn an entire building into a massive energy storage device akin to a giant battery. The technology has some interesting possibilities as cement is one of the most commonly used battery building materials in the entire world. The concept involves a cement-based a mixture cement. with small amounts of short carbon fibers added to the increased conductivity and flexible toughness of the material. Also embedded inside the cement mixture is a metal coating carbon fiber mesh with iron. So they're basically um, adding stuff to the concrete and that enables the concrete to function as a battery and then the buildings become cathodes and iodes and then the whole city, as you see in the image, it the city as a battery is truly mind blowing. It's amazing. Yeah, wild. Well, it sounds like a cool idea. Also, keep in mind that cement is eight percent of all global greenhouse gas emissions. Eight percent. But what if it just cement alone? What if it could it could it not pay for itself in terms of uh, energy usage? Yeah, it would, it would help because I, I guess it would offset the building of other batteries which have their own carbon footprint. Yeah. But it's uh, and also you have in the future and maybe you, you know, maybe this thing, you, we have to learn how to make cement uh, using renewable energy. It's very too. difficult. Yeah. And the other other thing about cement people don't know is half of those emissions. So four percent of global emissions come not from the energy used to make the cement, but just the chemical reaction of the cement gives off CO2. And that's half of its emission. So that's you can't fix that with renewable energy. You have to find other ways. Yeah. Dan, can you- there's, yeah. there's some other things also with the sand. I mean, there's 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 not enough sand right now. That's a big, big, big problem. Uh, and another thing is um, that I want to mention real quick is that there there are actually um, there are some interesting developments around how to what you just said, how to make concrete in a, a much better way than using cement. Uh, that I won't go into right now, but but th- it, there is some interesting stuff going on there too. Um, yeah, and the X Prize just announced. I mean, it was like a month ago, I guess. The winners of the carbon, uh, I forget what it was called, but carbon utilization X Prize, and both uh, there were two winners. Both of them were companies that are making uh, cement by putting CO two, you know, taking captured CO two and putting it into the cement. Uh, one, I think, Solidia and Carbon. Pure. No, actually, I'm sorry. There were. It was another company. But anyway, that was a big deal uh, for them. Uh, Dan, thanks. if you could, I tweet. If you could uh, check out our Twitter account and check out that article about the citywide battery thought. Uh, just just to read it and follow tomorrow next time we meet in the future. I'd love, you know, to, if you could do a little more uh, 
uh, homework on it just to see if it, if it's uh, interesting because I can I can get easily connected to the team at Chalmers University in Sweden. Uh, we often I have a lot of connections there as it is. Okay, Mr. Big Shot. No, no. Oh, yeah. Well, wow. Look at me name dropping Chalmers University in Gothenburg. Whoa, yo. Gotta give you shit. Yeah, that's right. That's well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. Yeah, that is funny. That's not your biggest name drop. No, right? not <laughs> far from it. Not in the last twenty-four hours. Um, so, um, other interesting news happening in the tw- in the in the in the Twitter sphere. Twitter is letting anyone apply for verification for the first time since twenty seventeen. It also previewed potential changes upcoming to profiles. So, if you want to be join the blue checkmark club, uh, I can name drop myself now as one of the blues, those blue checkers. Looks like Justin is as well, or, or uh, clapping. Anyways, um, uh, I'm clapping for you, Todd. Yeah, everyone. Uh, hey, what can I say? I'm part of the the elite Blue Check Club. Uh, Twitter is relaunching its public verification program, allowing anyone to apply for a coveted blue check mark. The company also previewed potential changes coming to profiles and the upcoming label for automated accounts. Interesting. To make the grade for verification, users will have to meet Twitter's revamped verification criteria, which includes having an account of a public interest that falls under one of six different types of categorizations, as well as being authentic, notable, and active. Here are the six categories. Government, companies, brands, and organizations, news organizations and journalists, entertainment, sports and gaming, activists, organizers, and other influential individuals and now you know why i got my check mark you'll be able to apply for verification in the account settings tab at some point over the next few weeks once you've applied twitter says you can expect a response within a few days but the timeline could open up a few weeks uh could take up to a few weeks depending on the volume of applications which i can assure you will be astronomically high all applications will be evaluated by humans twitter said in a briefing with journalists this week so there you go. And by the way, one of the very important reasons to become verified on Twitter is because when you go into Twitter spaces, if you have a verified account, you are instantly put at the very top of the room. Unlike Clubhouse, where they put uh, friends or you know people connected to the speakers just below the, the stage. In Twitter, they don't do that. What they do is they put the verified Twitter accounts just below the stage. So if you have a Twitter a Twitter verified account, you'll be seen right next to the speakers. Actually, there's no real separation between the stage and the speakers in Twitter Spaces. So, which by the way, MC Hammer seems to be doing a lot more stuff in Twitter Spaces these days, and less stuff on Clubhouse, interestingly. But uh, I just tweeted this out from the Tech News Around the World Twitter account, which we do encourage you to follow because we do do Twitter Spaces events on on, the, on our days off. Um, which is on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays, because we meet here Monday to Friday twice a day, where you can see the schedule by clicking on the title of this room. And um, what's next? I, I guess we can pause hey, there. Yeah, go ahead. Did Did you see? I just retweeted. I don't know if we covered it. Sorry, I was in a meeting. Um, Microsoft uh, nixing um, Explorer. Yeah, I'm going with Edge. That's right. So Internet Explorer uh, is is now going to be killed, and they are announcing it. Uh, a year in advance, which is kind of interesting. I suppose there's that many legacy companies that use it that they want to give them a one-year heads up that they've got one year left to use Internet Explorer, which at one point was so dominant as the default uh, browser that uh, Microsoft nearly got split up over it. 
because they the entire internet was going through Internet Explorer until Apple kind of came back on the scene with Safari and then Firefox and then Chrome really came in and kicked their ass. And, uh, and so much so that they are now sunsetting Internet Explorer. I, I didn't never thought we would see the day. It was that dominant that it's hard to imagine that it's going to go away. But yeah, that's uh, it is also one of the big news stories. As well, you've got the Apple TV 4K is now in the hands of many reviewers, and many are saying it is faster than all the competition, and the new Siri remote is very good with an ease to uh, an easy-to-use click wheel and a power button that's very effective. And then um, there's also the new iPad Pros that just came out, and believe it or not, the reviewers are saying it's too powerful for most users. I don't think I've ever heard... <laughs> of a review that said the device is too good and too powerful <laughs> because it has, well, the thing is yeah. that they, the thing is they were already, I, I was discussing this with a couple of people the other day because iPad was already light years ahead of anyone, anyone even close to them in terms of uh, tablets. And so kind of making this iPad with an M one in it was that was the first time I felt like Apple just really did something super asshole-ish. They're like 10 years ahead of everything else now. It's like buying a tablet, buying any other tablet literally just doesn't even make sense at this point. But that's why reviewers are saying is too, like, what, what, there's nothing you can't do on it at this point. Yeah. So check this out. So because here's one of the Now, this is important, everybody. Listen to this. This is crazy. We were talking about this in the previous session. Let me lower down the music here. <laughs> this is going to get good, y'all. So. Um, this new iPad, the iPad Pro, has M1 processor, and it's all souped up and hot to trot, and it's got a brand new camera in it because, now listen, this is crazy, y'all. This is crazy. This is the biggest idea we've had here in a little bit. So, um, because we are now in COVID for a year, Apple realized that uh, everybody's using their devices for video calls for work, you know, Zoom and whatnot, right? Because we're all working remotely. And Apple knows that the cameras in their MacBooks and the front-facing cameras in their iPads and on their laptops and on their desktop are not the best, honestly. And in some cases, kind of shitty, honestly, on the MacBook Pros especially. People have been saying now for a year, why is the camera on the MacBook Pro so shitty? I have to go buy uh, a USB camera to use for my Zoom calls, which seems strange. Well, there's a camera built into the thing. Why do I go buy, go buy another one? upgrade your your shitty camera apple right okay so apple understands this everyone's using their cameras now on their devices way 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 more than they ever have in the past because we're working remotely right so here's where it gets really interesting the ipad pro comes out and one of the things all the reviewers are saying today in the past 24 hours is holy shit the front facing camera on this thing is amazing for video calls like holy shit amazing like the fidelity is true, so good that you can put your uh, iPad on your kitchen counter, stand back 10 feet, and it zooms in on you when you're on your video call. And it can, follows you around. Right, too. and it follows you around as you move from the refrigerator to the microwave. It also adjusts for other people. If a kid walks in, it automatically adjusts to get right. them into the picture. But here's the point. The camera is way, way, way upgraded. Now, here's why this gets really crazy really quickly. Because <laughs> we learned recently that in the in the near future with the VR goggles that are coming out, Apple's going to announce theirs at their WWDC event on June 7th. You heard it here first. But also Facebook 
also has uh, eye tracking inside of their in their VR goggles. And both of these HTC uh, HTC Vive, their VR headset, Facebook Oculus with their VR headset, and the new Apple headset all partner with a company from Sweden, from Stockholm, called Toby. And Toby does eye tracking. But there's much more to eye tracking than you would ever imagine. As we tweeted about recently from the Tech News Around the World Twitter account, you'll see an image where due to this eye tracking technology, Facebook and Google and Apple will be able to detect from your eye in these VR headsets, your gender, your age, your geographical origin, your physical health, if you have a concussion or sleeping disorders, your cultural background, your mental health, if you have depression, PTSD, autism, just to name a few, your drug consumption, if you've been on alcohol, tobacco, cocaine, MDMA, etc. And all of that data is now usable as, as part of their ad network because advertisers... Wait, you're, yeah. you're saying that they can currently track all of that from your eye no oh yeah they will very well, soon they, they, they track your eyes they infer the data from it right now check this out that's in the vr headsets that are coming out right now apples will come out mm -hmm. on june 7th and that's why apple is launching an ad network because now they're going to have access to all this data but it gets way 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 crazier are you ready for the big reveal here so go deep in the last session here we go baby in the last session, our friend Dave from Ireland said, Hey, Tyler, this new iPad has this truly remarkable camera for the front-facing camera. Is it possible that that camera is good enough to look to get the data it needs from your eye? And I said, Dave, holy shit, it might be. Let me ask my friend, who's the founder of Toby, this eye-tracking company in Stockholm. So I pinged my friend John to see if he could join us today. He, see, he said he couldn't join us, but guess what I did? I said, John, I've got a question. Could this new iPad and the camera in this iPad, could it do this? And can the VR goggles get all of... I showed him the image with all of this data points. Can these VR headsets actually take all of this data? I said, quick question, John. Will Oculus give Facebook the ability to use these all of these data points in, in their ad network? And he says, I think Facebook will be very careful to access and use all of this data. Uh, and it will need approval. And then I said, okay, how about all of the upgraded cameras in the, the new iPad and future Apple laptops that come out? And guess what he says? They'll, he says, uh, upgraded cams in the laptops will be able to, if they add a light and, a, and an extra little processor for five US dollars. Only the tech newsroom, guys. But the question is, will they? Because they're pushing privacy at the moment, even more than ever. So will they? Because if, it, if they did that and then it came out, would it not ruin them? They'll give you the choice and they'll say, do you want to, do you want to downgrade your camera to the old style or do you want the upgraded super selfie camera? And if you want the upgraded what super what, selfie what, camera, just click here. No, if yeah, you look at I'm the privacy is... thing, no, no, if you look at the privacy things, right? The privacy things... Um, Apple says we won't give the data to outside people, but Apple still has your data. It's it's other other players in the globe don't have the data. That's it. So actually, I think that's not correct. Uh, so the way the Apple, so there is a recently people by using the Freedom of uh, you know, Information Act to get um, you know, to release what are the data they've been collecting. So Apple do not uh, keep uh, the the way the data is kept by Google and um, Amazon and Facebook. So Facebook is very specific. They store everything about you from your phone number to you know the addresses. So they haven't been because. I think clearly that's because of the way, the nature in which their business is, right? They are more of a, in a product focused. 
while you know Google and Facebook is more of an advertisement. Um, so I think it's, they've always been very clear on that because you know just one small move can destroy the entire. Yeah. Line, right? But the ad, ad tech yeah. thing coming in here and that can change, right? That's just a software update. No. What they, what they would end up doing is because Apple, the way Apple stores data, it's stored on your device in a secure enclave that even correct. Apple doesn't access unless... On its own processor. Is, That's correct. Exactly. And they have a chip very specifically designed for yeah. this inside of, the, inside of their, uh, inside of their uh, sock. And so... The thing about it is because Apple, everyone, tr- most people trust Apple in terms of the gathering health data and things like that. They've been very, very, if you notice, and if you remember back all the way to the first Apple Watch, what made the Apple Watch so interesting in the first place was they partnered up with something like 50 of the world's top uh, everything from uh, from every different health department there was, every different school uh, that was studying anything about health. They hired all these athletes and they and they really, really put that watch through a rigorous uh, uh, training system so that that watch could give you very, very accurate uh, health data. And this is more important to people. And, and this is the type of data that people are willing to kind of trust to somebody who's putting in that amount of work, whether you want to chalk that up to marketing or, or really what they're after. Uh, is neither here nor there. But the bottom line is, if Apple puts that button in front of me, would you like to know about, the, I can? we can tell you this, 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 and this, and we can get this to your doctor in these situations. Um, all you have to do is press this button, upgrade to this camera, and allow us to blah, 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 blah. People are going to do that because they trust it. They all, they've already been trusting it on their watch and on their phone. But Michael, so, so- how does the ad network work if they're not going to use your data? They are. But that's my but that's my point is that if you give them the this is how Apple operates, that data lives in an enclave that they can access if you give them that permission. It's all about the permissions. But Michael, where... but how do you but the thing about iPhone, children, you know, uses our phone, but Facebook and you know, Google, you know, there's a certain age limit, right? Facebook clearly making right. their disclaimer, you had to be thirteen plus. So, you know, they, they made that very clear. Um so here, you know, through uh, iPhone, you know, my child is five years old using my phone. And just imagine that data. I find out that it's being used for, you know, it's it just, uh, you know, the, the exactly. way yeah. so you, have, you have to be very careful here, buddy. I, I just don't think that even as a parent, if I was given a choice that, okay, specific data, how do I know okay. they can differentiate whether it's my son? Uh, uh, or the reason, my... reason for that, Kieran, is the word informed consent. How can you legally prove that someone has been informed that they have given their consent. So uh, under that's but legally you can't prove an under a 13 year old can is enough informed to understand what is the consequence of this uh, there. But in, in Sweden, for instance, you say, well, in the law, like if you would actually be prosecuted for something like this, the realistic part would be probably that you'd, 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 you'd be, it would be a 15 year old. Um, but that's why it's the 13. Yeah, but like the 14.5 update proved that with Facebook, most people do not give their consent to share data. This is a different model though, right? right. Facebook That's is Facebook. a totally advertising-based right. model, Cookie while tracing. Apple was a hardware-based. Correct. So, I mean, so they, that, they, don't, so they won't alter this, it. But here's the thing. So we had this Indian case. Hold on. The, but you have to understand, the, the financial opportunity for Apple to make an ad network based on this insane new level of data that Google and, and Facebook have never absolutely, had, it's absolutely. worth a trillion dollars. Exactly. They're not, nothing will stop them from doing it if, for a trillion dollars. 
No, nothing. no, but dude, having a camera in your bedroom yeah. is going to kill their company. Period. No, no, it's not a camera in your no, bedroom. I mean, it's oh, well. No, I know, but phone, I mean, yeah. it's a laptop, right? If you open up a laptop or a computer, yeah. that's most often in the person's bedroom or anywhere, right? That's personal. It's going I think to actually. We are just taking this uh, too far, guys. I think the reason yeah. it is uh, it's, it's targeted on the content. You know, I just see like you know a lot of these. Um, um, influencers right they just want the camera to be tracking them so they yep. can you know make it more dynamic i think that's the initial focus i think i'm sure that in five ten years down the line they probably you know go into that they're just trying to make the camera so it's become friendly to whether you know the, the content creators because they have been you know, hang on hang on hang on hang on you think it's a coincidence that apple is it's well understood that apple's building an ad network right now because they just tried to hire the ad guru from facebook right that was very public in the yeah. last 48 hours and i just you think that's a coincidence? You think it's a coincidence? No. Hold on. You think it's no, a coincidence that they are building out an ad network for the first time in their company's history? No. Sorry. Second time. They tried to. They bought Quattro Wireless, my friend Jen's company from Boston. Oh Jesus, two thousand six, and that didn't go so, so well Tyler, actually. So, so in the we three, also have another coincidence, so that people need to be aware of. Apple's also quote unquote privacy changes are directed. Many believe at hurting Facebook's ads. Yep. And Mark Zuckerberg has said so like a whiny little baby that he is <laughs> in public. So now we have two coincidences, Tyler. Right. Yeah, and I just exactly. want to add, Tyler, I just want to add something. When you do the, those facial recognition, you don't need the face. You just need the eyes. Remember this. Right. You just so, need Tyler, let me put a capitalistic perspective on this. Um, a lot of the times in investment banking, Tyler, for example, do you remember a couple of weeks ago, Goldman Sachs uh, made a headline saying they are, they are building their crypto trading um, Desk again, Correct, right? yeah. you'll, be you'll be surprised how no let me just try this thing together how this capitalistic thing works sometimes they want to be way ahead of the game just to throw it out there all these hires they're happy to pay ten thousand sorry ten million guaranteed bonuses for three years for this guy to come in just to send a message to facebook and the competitors you know we are on your tail but that could be just to hoodwink so that you know their real intention is somewhere else just guys but the biggest are... thing like we are missing one more thing right 3d world emojis right and a closed garden what could they create maybe another facebook style uh, social network where they could actually do the ad ads that's where i think they, they could be going too right they don't have a social network right now except for their iMessage sort of network right so i think they could with emojis uh, maybe a metaverse they could create the next uh, social media giant like yeah, Wasn't Apple rumored to come out with Trust AR me, glasses? Apple is not going to build a social network, but they will build an ad network. And we know they're building an ad network because they tried to hire Facebook's ad guru, Antonio. But uh, to build an ad network, you need lots of data. And if you and right. this data is the mother load, it's the holy grail of all data. But Tyler, they already have half a social network, which is iMessage and FaceTime. But that it doesn't give you the data that this would... I mean, it, you, they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot in terms of the amount of data they'll be able to collect. They'll have to do it very carefully, uh, knowing that how governments are about data, particularly the EU, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they're going to navigate that minefield like they've done for 20 years, but they're going to do it, it to the best of their ability. And it's a much easier and better fit for them to just not to parrot what Tyler's saying. Um, but mobile marketing advertising app store folks they can just create the best absolute best um type of advertising for that sector and then they could provide analytics they could provide everything but, it could be a but by the way and Apple hang, on, hang on hang on hang on the problem the, the, the problem that the ad the problem that the governments have around data 
is the sharing of the data between Apple and Facebook. Right. And Apple said, "Okay, Correct. fine. We're not going to share the data with Facebook. Fuck Facebook. We're going to keep but, but Tyler, we're going to keep the data ourselves and build our own ad network. That's exactly and that's not a problem for the government because it's totally. Apple's data. We're using it for ourselves. No one else is going to see it. It's totally private. It's totally anonymized. It never leaves exactly. the Apple ecosystem and the government's like, "Okay, that's fine. Go ahead. Carry on." And it's proprietary. Uh, I would like to add a perspective on However, on what Michael said. Facebook will be confined to their advertising on their platform, but Apple will be able to advertise on every single damn Apple phone and app. Yep. And this is why Facebook. This, uh, this is why I, Facebook I did, needs hear... Oculus because Oculus gives them the same data that we're talking about exactly. with the eye tracking. Well, the current the current Oculus doesn't do it, but the future Correct. one, the three yeah. and the four, will. But um, I did hear a, a lady's voice. Who was that? I think it was Susie from Denmark. Hey, Susie. Okay, go ahead. Hi, hi. Talking on silver economy. Uh, I just want to uh, comment on uh, Michael's uh, very, very interesting insights into how people's health data is protected on Apple devices. Because I think that uh, this comment actually holds the key to something. I don't know where it will lead, but if they can actually provide uh, every individual with their own health data and thereby giving their health data to the individual, that will sort of start a whole new wave of um, apps and interactions uh, with uh, the healthcare system, uh, but based around the individual's right to their own data and them giving access to the data to the companies and to the health sector and to the medical treatment. So I think that's really, for me, the most interesting thing that was said about this. And maybe this will open up the opportunities that we are not even touching on in this discussion. This Absolutely. is Susie from Denmark. Thank that, that you. That ties into the product space, right? So that's where they want to focus on. Uh, you know, that allows them to leverage on their wearables, you know, um, by introducing and build on multi-layers on that. Uh, well, there's already quite a few. There's already quite a few. Um, I have a collection of app. I, I literally have a... Uh, a folder on my iPhone called health plan. And this is where I keep all of my health focused apps. And what it is, is if you open up your health app that comes by default with your, uh, app with your iPhone, this thing tracks literally everything. Um, your active energy, your water intake, resting energy, heart rates, in environment, sound levels, heart rate, variability, blood oxygen, Steps. Uh, it's not just your steps. It's like tracking everything all the way down to your sleep. But what's very interesting about this is if you click on any one of these particular things, in order to get all of that data, there are partnered apps that Apple suggests at the bottom for you to pick. And these particular apps, when you pick them, you will give them permissions to access these health datas and track these things for you so that this information is tracked securely on your phone and readily available for you to share with your physician. So they're, they're already doing this and it, and it works extremely well. And I, I've been using these apps for, I, they're the only health apps I trust. And so uh, it's, a, it's a very good point that you just made. But Susie. you know what else? But Check this out. They're app. collecting data. Yeah, you know what else they're collecting? The Apple, Data. The, yeah, the Apple Watch we just learned is going to be able to track your blood sugar level, your blood alcohol mm -hmm. level, your heart rate uh, throughout the day and movements, 24 hours a day. Yeah, I mean, the amount of data they're going to be able to get in with the Apple Watch and the additional sensors that might come over time 
uh, in addition to the phone itself. It, it's truly unprecedented. Like it, it's, it's, a, so Tyler, yeah. it, it, it definitely is unprecedented. And if I can just continue on this track with Michael, yeah. I think what's happening is that if you imagine in the future that you can get access to an Apple Watch and something that can uh, take a picture of your retina, those two informations alone, they can actually provide you with suggestions to what is happening with your health, but also how mm. you treat yourself, which medicine you should buy. So they can become a very informed uh, doctor assistant. And mm. I bet that it will be the doctor assistants that would take over for many people because of the money. So this also a ways to democratize health and taking it from only the rich who can afford the good health system to giving more information to a whole new uh, sector of people globally. So I think that's a very, this very is, interesting mistake. Let me give you research uh, Apple was done recently with Imperial College I was part of. Uh, so basically they were looking at ways that if you can find, uh, um, uh, so you can have a wearable, whether let's say you are diabetes type one or two, it will tell you 30 minutes in advance whether you're going to have going to a coma because your certain sugar level is falling apart, and it will give you a warning. That um, so we did a research based on putting a monitor on your uh, on your arm. It will read the heart rate variations, um, and uh, Apple was very keen on that. So basically, what it is something to put on your wearable. It will give you a half an hour notice just to make sure your sugar level is getting to a very dangerous level. Please well, get like, your, you know, shut up. Um. I actually have been working on, and it's hopefully going to be going up this week. I don't know for sure yet, but I worked on a piece um, regarding wearable tech um, for helping to monitor uh, and track for COVID. That um, it was done. Stanford had a study about it. Hi, everybody. I haven't talked to anybody in a while. Um, Hi. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so. When I interviewed um, the scientist, I'd have to, I don't recall his name offhand, um, but when I interviewed with the Stanford gentleman, they told me uh, a lot about the quantifiable data that they're collecting in order to assist um, to track in and um, identify potential um, disease and illness. Um, the gentleman I spoke to actually came up um with the he he discovered he had lyme disease because of the uh, the um parameters that he was tracking on his uh thing but another thing that i'm thinking and i probably shouldn't be mentioning this because there could be other journals that might want to try and scoop me is he did mention um that they can track and they they can know when you drink alcohol etc which i think would be really great to be um, explored <laughs> addictions and other things. So it'd be cool to help with the medical um, dashboard. That's all, sorry. I wanted to add like a new development, like Columbia University has um, developed uh, microchips that are implantable uh, of the size of a salt grain. Right now, uh, as you know, to for medical device development, um, for now, this chip can only measure uh, temperature of the body, but they are planning to do all of this, what we have mentioned, and more yeah. with this I have this article. The, yeah, thank Katerina, the article you just shared, I just retweeted it to the Tech News Twitter account at TNATW. Uh, it says a wireless chip the size of a grain of salt could soon make devices like pacemakers obsolete, only, only visible with a microscope and injectable chip. 
the size of a grain of salt could transform the electrical devices we implant into people to keep them alive at just 0.1 millimeter cubed in volume, which is roughly comparable to a dust mite. Scientific researchers at Columbia University School of Engineering and Applied Science believe they have developed the smallest single chip system in the world. Implantable devices have long proven their worth in treating diseases, improving the function of organs and body parts, as well as monitoring long-term conditions. Some of the most widely used devices, such as pacemakers and clear implants, have vastly improved people's quality of life and saved countless patients' lives. For the most part, though, they are unwieldy, uh, needing multiple circuits, wires, and battery packs. They also require surgery to put them inside the body. But could this chip mean larger implantable devices like these are a thing of the past? Well, Tyler, so in Sweden, they did that, right? Three, three years ago, 3,000 people in inserted a small, tiny microchips. Yeah, uh, a friend of uh, mine, and uh, Nicholas and I are friends with the guy who installed them, yeah. That was NF uh, NFC, so, right? No. That was just RFID. Yeah, so. what, Nicholas, they were NFC chips the Hannes did for... Um, just for ID. Yeah. It, yeah, it was for opening. It was no, it wasn't for ID. It was for opening the door at the co-working space next door to me. Right, NFC. Yeah, yeah, NFC. I assume NFC. I can bring him. By the way, I guys, I what Susie said was I could ping. I could ping him in here. But uh, by the way, the size of this thing that uh, you can see it in the article I just tweeted, it fits well within the tip of a syringe. By the way, they show it on the tip of a syringe inside the the chamber to be installed. I mean, so you could include it as part of a vaccine. Uh, I don't, I don't want to scare anybody. No. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> fighting this. Oh, fighting fight. this. Don't. And another uh, detail is that another group is developing um, that you can use sweat to um, to charge the batteries of like your. That was a separate article. That's right. That, uh, there was an article just came out, and I think Katarina, obviously, you probably sent it to me. That the idea is that watches uh, in the next generations could be rechargeable via some kind of chemical reaction from your, your sweat on your wrist. So we are going to be the batteries. <laughs> yeah, the city is the battery. We are the batteries. Uh, and, and us walking will generate the battery. Oh, by the way, there was, a, there was an article about generating power from walking as well. Go ahead, Kieran. I wish that Greg was here. You know, he would be saying this is just, you know. Indicating, you know, this is a lot of it is stuff. Is this? He's, he's here. He's here. He's down at the bottom. So, Greg, here, here's the question. We're talking about um, the. I, I, I came in at mostly to listen to people who know nothing talk about technology. <laughs> yes. Which is Welcome, like well, you now that you're here, Greg, we can do that. I love you. Greg. Gotta subject yourself to this every now and Greg's now. here. Yay. Yay. But before Greg, Greg attacks, great to have you back, Greg. We missed you, Greg. You we missed you, Greg. <laughs> For two seconds you're, there, I thought I knew fawning, something. Your fawning acceptance will uh, keep me in the room for minutes longer. Yeah. So here, I think you're going to like what we're what we're driving on here. There was some uh, Irish Dave, who you know, threw out an idea in the previous time zone, which was the the iPad Pro came out today, and the reviewers are commenting on how remarkably good the camera is for doing FaceTime like calls, video calls, Zoom calls, and whatnot. And it's so good that people can stand back. Uh, multiple, you know, 10 feet, and it still is able to get very close on their face and crop it for the calls. And so that led Dave to question. Um, we we talked about recently, because one of the people who joined us from Stockholm works at Toby, this guy Frederick. 
And Toby is a partner on the, the Oculus headsets and the HTC Vive headsets. And what we've learned from Toby is that due to their eye tracking, they can enable through inference the through just the eye, the iris, the gender, age, and physical health of the person, but far more than that. The uh, cultural background, if they have a concussion or vision disorders or obesity or Parkinson's disease or depression or PTSD or autism or eating disorders, or if they've been under the influence of alcohol, tobacco, cocaine, MDMA or cannabis, etc. And so uh, the founder and CEO of Toby is a friend of mine named John. So I pinged John to see if he would join us today. He said he couldn't. But I said, well, let me ask you a question then. Uh, will Oculus give Facebook the ability with Toby eye tracking to use all of these data points I just named here uh, in their future ad networks? And he says, I think Facebook will be very careful to use this data uh, and will need approval. And then I said, but what about Apple in these new iPad Pros have these new super upgraded cameras, which will no doubt be also in the future MacBook Pros, iMacs, etc., yada, yada, that are all now expected to come out soon. And his response was, um, upgraded cameras in these laptops will be able to do this if they add a light and a controller for five US dollars. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, actually, I all I can say about that is startups uh, generally have the edge on Apple, except when it comes to hardware. Uh, you can't even possibly fathom what, I, because it's literally just money. It's not expertise. It's money. Money locks up expertise. And so I laugh when I hear people talk about what's possible in hardware and they cite any other company besides Apple and maybe some defense Microsoft companies. Yeah, no, not, no, absolutely not. What? No. App Microsoft? Are you kidding? Are you absolutely like, like, no, my, okay. uh, they, they, uh, like, just look at the, um, look at the amounts invested. Like the only people that can hold a candle are, are defense investments, uh, into, into these underlying hardware technologies, the capital investment, um, that a company like Apple does without batting an eye, um, you, you would need to go through years of, uh, proof of concept and approval and, things like that at any other company uh, to, to try to do some of the stuff that they just, I mean, you got to go, go back and look at some of the public examples when they wanted to do the unibody MacBook, and they figured out that they would need the world's supply of small CNC machines. They just said, okay, and got it done two weeks later, practically, you know, other companies, they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they look at these things and they say, well, we can't do that. Uh, and, and it's just a, it, it is the one thing that they, you know, the only thing that is working in our favor is that smart people are running away from the company. And it turns out that like, even if you offer them a lot of money, uh, they still want to be able to think different. And that will, that will slowly erode away this capability. Um, but if you think that Apple can't do eye tracking better than some rando startup, and, and like, and, and Tyler, your, your point is well taken. Like the, um, it, it's, it's, it's almost correct, but I would say that like, it's, it's also kind of naive to think that somebody who's working at a startup like these, these uh, would have 
any clue as to the extent that Apple could dominate, and not just in eye tracking, but any any hardware sensor, anything whatsoever, anything that has to do anything in that realm, they literally just know more because they they have the greatest people locked up inside. The greatest people are not out at startups, even the founders and things like that. They're not the 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 found like you're a founder of a company by definition you're not the sharpest tool in the shed on one given topic. I, I have a question uh, for, the, for the room, and Tyler, you can do a poll on this. When Apple kind of undoes most of its privacy things and starts using user data for, for ads, would you rather stick with Apple or would you move to a platform like Android who shares your data with everybody else? Would you stay in the walled garden or would you move to a different platform? I mean, my, my viewpoint on this is that the, the whole privacy thing is a complete uh, just facade um, that like if anybody thinks that a company cares about something like your privacy like you're like oh man like go look at some of my tweets recently about the bell curve of IQ if you think yeah yeah um, and everybody everybody should really go take a hard look at that and decide like there is literally not a a company in the world, not one. I have been at the top of a company as the CEO saying, I care about your privacy, but you know what? I only cared about your privacy in as much as I cared about my privacy. Well, then clear view. So would you stay with Apple or would you move to a different platform? That's the question. I would move to a different platform if I could but I can't. I mean, if I choose Android, it's no better. Uh, and so Android, iPhone, who cares? I want a third platform to be uh, available, and they sort of are, but you really have to give up on some pretty fundamental uh, aspects of modern life to do that. My Thank point exactly, because Apple makes a lot of money by just undoing all these things. But like Eddie, Eddie Q uh, is... Literally, like, if you were to make a movie character for the seven deadly sins, you know, he's like gluttony, <laughs> and he's like a few of them in one. And you're going to trust, like, this This is one of the guys that's been running the company and turning Apple from a creative company into an extractive company right before your eyes. And they put up a billboard that says privacy, and everybody goes, oh, Apple, privacy. And they make a... They, uh, and it, 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 I mean, you. It really is amazing to watch. I have a certain amount of admiration for it. So, Greg, I have a question for you. So, um, uh, I love what you said about if you are in the smartest, uh, you know, uh, tool in the shed, Apple would have just, uh, you know, uh, lifted you, right? That's just the way it is. And and we saw this in the financial industry prior to two thousand and eight. You know, they're throwing tens and twenty millions of guaranteed bonuses for smart traders. And and you saw after two thousand and eight. A lot of those people, they realize how fucked up the financial industry and you saw them all jumping out and, you know, starting their own ventures. And that's what kicked off a lot of the fintech innovations, right? Uh, you know, for example, TransferWise and you know, Square, uh, all sorts. Do you see yeah. that we can get to a situation in the near term where something will expose and it will explode uh, the, you know, the way in which Facebook, all these big, massive firms been doing, a lot of the sleazy, you know, all of that stuff. And that will, that will make a lot of these smart people, like you said, the smartest you know, tools will get out and, you know, make their own pop. Yeah. It was when, actually an interview. When, when Dan Riccio hired me, Dan said, Greg, we need you to come inside of Apple because Steve Jobs is dead and we need people that can do product 
and strategy and get us building great things again, because we're kind of getting to the end of the, uh, the list here. They sold you the dream, right? Yeah. And, and, and so I looked at it and I said, you know, I actually said, Dan, I'm looking at everybody else in the company that I've met. I'm nothing like them. I'm like a bull in a China shop. And he said, perfect. That's what we want. And then when I get inside and I find out that like, think different is not, <laughs> Dan was the only person that believed in that after I got there. He was like, a, like that last, you know, just imagine a storm and he's the last timber of the house that's already fallen down. And he brought me in to see if we could shore things up. And, and, but I didn't know. And I get inside and I spent three years banging my head against the wall. By the way, some of the stuff that I started there that's still kind of plodding along is some of the most amazing shit that you would have ever seen. And I literally could not do it as a separate company. I could not do it as a separate company. It's one of the reasons I joined. How alluring for somebody like me. Money so what is going to take the ability to do this. So what is it going to take in order for all these people to get out uh, and uh, disrupt the space? I don't know. Like, go, go remind them that they're complicit in genocide on a regular basis. Go turn the tides on, on media. Go subscribe to substacks of people that you that feel like do good writing and unsubscribe from the New York Times and other rags that write about technology like The Verge that don't understand it. Like, like, the, like all of these, there's, not a, there's no such thing as a good tech blogger anymore. And break like NDMAs, all... like break non-disclosure agreements too. Because I think yeah. one thing that Andrew Chang and I think Shamath were talking about recently, right? Yeah, was that uh, they were hiring all the top tech people because they didn't want them to go out there and uh, start startups. They did, they did the same thing in the financial industry prior to 2008. Goldman Sachs are throwing left, right, center so that, that all the smart people were in. You know, they sold the dream and then they bring them inside and then that's it. You become a group thinking. And that yeah, because the Titanic crisis. goes slow, right? So they don't want literally, anyone disrupting the literally Titanic. Go, go elect any politician that wants to throw friction in the way of big tech, whether they're a Republican or a Democrat. Make it your number one issue. I have made it my number one issue. I don't care what your other political views are. If you want to go um, do this, I will vote for you. I will fund you. Um, by the way, yes, employees, go break your NDAs in mass. Uh, I am Spartacus, you know. If, uh, learn about efficient breach um, and and just just go run roughshod over these people because the individuals are not actually bad. It's the group think that is bad. They have gotten it's the massive bureaucracies that are enabled by Absolutely. this concentration of capital that create the bad behavior. And the individuals would stop being so bad if they if it wasn't for this. You know, go go read this book, you know, about um you know, God, I got to find the, the book title. I just gave it to a friend. Um, voice versus exit and loyalty. Vo- voice, exit and loyalty. Go read this book and figure out how to not be one of the crabs that is pulling the crab that's escaping back down into the bucket. And then you can all get out together. It'll be great. Otherwise, the smart ones are going to go get on rockets to Mars and leave you behind to figure it out. I take a single-use uh, plastic. Exit one. voice and loyalty. Yeah, somebody just sent me a link uh, about an app called Skyle that you can install on an iPad and will allow you to control your iPad with your eyes by uh, via eye, the eye tracking. 
Yeah, Face ID already does eye yeah. tracking if you want to. Yeah, and also Microsoft. I'm saying you're serious. Like 15 years ago, they had like webcams that actually followed you, and I used to play around with them for the seniors. Like they would actually follow you and track you as you're walking around the room. So it's perfect for old people, like in their rooms, so they could be always be on the spot, right? So technology is there. It's just that uh, implementation is the thing, and Apple's now controlling that whole uh, consumer idea of what innovation is. That's not a sad thing. Yeah, everybody else does it as science projects. Like Microsoft yeah. has had MSR for a long time, um, and and Google does this through Google X and all these things. Mm-hmm. Those are science projects, yeah. and it's been Apple's bread and butter to put these things out into the world. That's why you have a miniaturized, you know. Uh, Xbox, uh, you know, Prime Sense type camera in your phone right now, more than likely. Yeah, um, and and it, it is truly a sight to be to, to to behold because like this, like I, I I miss it. Like if I if I cared less about the future of the world, I could just had a ball building cool shit in labs for millions of dollars a year. And and by the way, this is not a mistake. Like these companies because. Why do, why do they have 100 or $200 billion in cash? They don't know how to spend it. Why do they hoard people like me but not really let you do anything like for the world? Well, because if I don't do it for them, I might do it for somebody else or I might come on Clubhouse yeah. and tell you to you know, realize that the, it's the man behind the curtain. Hey, Greg, what about Xerox Park then? Is that what they did in the past? Like if you think about it, they actually had some of the greatest Absolutely. minds in one place and they screwed it up. Yeah. Bell Labs as well. But um, Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, and look, like they 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 protect their intellectual property now, so so yeah. de- so defensive. Uh, but it, it's just the same people that like went and stole it from yeah, <laughs> from Jobs. And By the way, I'm glad they did. I'm glad they did. Yeah. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying Freedom. do it again. Literally, like the like if it was not inciting violence, I would say go mob Apple headquarters uh, we, and go we, steal all the IP back um, and stop. Like, stop treating this stuff as, like, 20 years before you get to do something with it. Demand that the phone that you use every day that has become your entire life actually be open source. They aren't innovating anymore. So you're saying that Leon is right. So you're saying that Leon's uh, uh, certain country's approach may be the best way to disrupt this whole thing? Well, look, there are things to admire about China. Uh, the, The underlying morality is not one of them. So Leon, you have a headline. It's Leon on stage, right? He also wanted to share this. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. headline. Greg, Greg, I continue one more minute and I first to sleep. But anyway, thank you for stopping. I'm kidding. <laughs> so my headline, my headline. So I'm a little bit, uh, feel a little bit upset today. Uh, oh. You know, my my I, oh, what happened, my, my like a role model. You know, or someone oh. always used oh. to brag oh, yes. about. He stepped down. So, I mean, he kept his money, but he gave away this uh, kind of whatever, like, you know, kind of an inference. Yeah. Uh, so he gave away his celebrity. Effect. So the CEO of uh, ByteDance, who is, which is a parent company of TikTok, he stepped down as a CEO. Uh, he's still the uh, chairman or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he handed over uh, the CEO position to the chief uh, human resource officer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. That makes no sense. You, you think that's weird? What, what, what about how the guy from Pinduoduo also just stepped down for no reason? Why are these Chinese CEOs stepping down for no reason, Leon? To daydream. Uh, no, to look at what happened to Jack Ma. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What happened to Jack Ma, Leon? Human resources. 
Uh, he's okay, actually. He lost a thirty percent okay. market cap. He's okay, actually. I honestly, like I said, you know, I, I have I him in my basement. So times, <laughs> right, that just treat China as a state-owned. Uh, hold China as a big company. Each one of those tech companies subsidiary. I give him a bowl of milk once a day. If your CEO didn't do a good job, you get a discipline. So others, you know, they just、uh, submitted their resignation later,、right. voluntarily. No, can I ask you? Um, because you you <laughs> you know the guy a little bit, right? At least the guy from TikTok that stepped down today, right? The, Correct. He he's friends with Jack Ma, probably, right?、Mm, I don't think so.、Oh. He's too young. He's like my age, a little bit older than Greg. In that sense, that means、uh, he's a loser from Greg's current point of view because he's older. Even he's probably twenty、mm, times richer than Greg. It's okay. <laughs> Greg gonna be richer than he is、yeah. by his age, so that's fine. Oh, oh, Leon! Like, no, it's not about the money. Seriously, he's, he's、uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg, that's、Leon. all you want, right? Money. Leon.、Uh, Leon. I remember Greg. everything. No, no, it's okay. Greg, Greg is、oh, not about you. It's not about you. Let's go back to let's go back to you. Sorry, Greg. We, you invoked my name.、The... This is what happens when you fight <laughs> with America. America is always going to win over China. <laughs> I don't have a ban, Greg. Let's talk about you. <laughs> no, like, I, I, I have a richer ass to you. Don't even、okay? know Yours is not as rich. So shut. You don't even know how rich I am. Hey Leon, I, Leon, like, Leon. There's one more news. Like, like there, there are, are from, no limits.、Uh, there are no that, limits、right? to the depth of my、so. mind, Leon. You, of you're course, so envious of, of this. I know. I know. Why, why you person attacking me? I just leave some fact. You are not as rich as Yi Minzang. That's a fact. Come on, man. Leon, Leon. Simple like, fact. Leon. Okay, did, let's did go you, back to Yimin Zhang. Did you or did you not? Did you or did I mean, you not punch first? No, no, no.、First? I don't. I don't I mean, want to answer that. That's not. That, that's not even relevant, Greg. No one is interested in that. Can a poor guy talk to you? Where is that? I appreciate more rappers doing this because they do it more. No, no one is doing that. Hang on. When like, can we just when、uh, somebody can we just slaps you and it's are, like a little bit wet because、like、they're girlish,、jam? small, please. Hey, Leon, Leon, let Greg. Greg, Greg,、right. Greg, you are、yeah. small-minded oh, person who like, cannot hey, take off. You listen, just said that. Listen, you just said that. I don't give a damn, Greg. First of all, I don't give a damn. First of all, I don't give a damn. You got a friend. It's been quite some time since we had an international war on our space. Kyle, sing it, Kyle. I just, I just love tech news. I love tech news. Yes, Kyle. Kyle was killed. You know, I learned never curse anymore. So you know, you say I'm, I'm, I keep my word. Yeah, Kyle killed me. Anyway, so I think everyone's too interested in this story, right? Let's just like go back to the. Sorry, sorry no, nobody's that, interested in anything you have to say, but you're kind of、no. like, yeah, no. It's, can, it's like can we just vote? Kyle, Kyle, sing the song. Interesting what I said. <laughs> Kyle, sing it. Sing the song, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, do it. <laughs> oh, it was killing me.、Uh, <laughs> Cheryl has a story about a billion. That's right. No, actually, we're short. We have seven minutes left, believe it or not, and I want to give Ma、oh, and Victoria the opportunity. To share something、uh, new, you guys, you ladies, want to do this right now? Oh, sorry, Taylor, I、yeah. haven't finished yet. Yeah, so sure. The, the, so the official, do you want to know the official explanation of、uh, Yi Minzang? I mean, again, probably one of the richest guy. Why he stepped down? 
I think it's kind of a really important. The ladies were going to speak. Um, yeah. What, well, what, one I second, know, Jennifer. Yeah, Leon. Let's let's. Um, we we're short on time, so we'll do that tomorrow. Uh, sure, but, sure. Uh, because well, we, that's okay. his way of saying he doesn't like you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hi, or we have a problem with gender. Yeah, Ame um, and Jenny? I don't think so. Victoria. Um, <laughs> I just want to ask. Yeah. When do you oh, hey, Victoria. How are you? I'm doing all right. <laughs> so you guys, uh, there's a big upcoming event in Miami called Bitcoin t- 2021. Conference. Yeah, huge conference. Uh, the speakers at this conference are um, no less than Jack Dorsey from Twitter, Michael uh, Sayers from um, MicroStrategies, Senator Cynthia Lewins. Um, who else do we got here? Michael Nick Savo computer scientist amongst many and Tony Hawk uh, of, of, of hundreds of speakers. And they want to go to Miami to this Bitcoin conference, this, um, which is labeling itself as the biggest Bitcoin conference ever to be held on planet Earth. So they're putting together a little crowdfunding campaign. And we as a community in the audience, we've got 420 people here. If you know um, any, they basically we're looking for three things, uh, tickets. And we think we might have a good lead there, uh, hotels in Miami and flights and, and a little crowdfunding thing to help them go there. And we can do some interviews live, uh, there and do a live clubhouse rooms where you can interview all of the notable people. There it could be a lot of fun for clubhouse as well. So, uh, there's a web page. Is there not MA, um, that we can point people to for the, if they want to, th- be able to help. Of course, they should DM May and Victoria on the stage here if you might have any leads to uh, any way to help in this mission to get, to get them to this Bitcoin conference. And what's the website that we should send them to, Amay? Uh-oh, my, my mic died. Are you there? <laughs> 